Hello, and welcome to episode 124 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me forever and always, the man, the myth, the comedy of errors, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. Here I come, motherfuckers! <laughs> I had some, that's beautiful, I had something for you, but then you said that before the show, and I was like, well, that fits. On um, this week's episode, we keep watching things, talking about random shit, otherwise, there's like a Star Wars nugget, and here or there, uh, but we're gonna do Event Horizon on this week, and it's gonna be a bit of a treat. <laughs> but before we do that, Al... What are we drinking? You know, I appreciate that you found those words of mine right before we got started <laughs> to be so moving to you. Good that enough. You would introduce me with it. I think I deleted the clip, but I should have probably just held on to that clip. A comedy of errors, an absolute comedy of errors to describe <laughs> our show in perpetuity because it is oh so fitting. That being said, we are drinking Stone Ghost Hammer IPA. Um, Which I actually shared seen... this little fun fact with Al before the show. The alternate title for this film. <laughs> Stone Ghost Hammer, anyway. not just Ghost Hammer. Yeah. No, specifically branded by Stone. Um, yeah, no, um, I thought that was pretty fitting with what we were doing. Yeah, but anyway, for this sure. is um, Stone Ghost Hammer IPA. Uh, it's six point seven percent alcohol by volume. Uh, I appreciate the return of Stone to our show because I love the story they give us. Mm. They never let us down. There's always a story in the back of their beers, and I miss the ones when we don't. I, especially if if whatever beer. Just has nothing for us. That really lets me down. A yeah, bit. yeah. The, the only no matter problem, how good the beer tastes. The the only problem I have with theirs though is that there there's some sort of extra spacing between the characters and their font and their line height that that just blows up my head when I try to read it. Fair, except in the shaded confines of my basement, where the one <laughs> light that's out is the one directly over my head. Are you on uh, the event I, horizon? <laughs> yes, I actually appreciate the spacing because sometimes I'm really struggling to read, which you mm. guys can tell in how I read it out loud when I'm not just tripping over my own tongue. Uh, sometimes I'm really struggling to read it. Stone Ghost Hammer IPA. A fermenting beer never slumbers, much like the event horizon. Mm. Uh, consequently, there is always scattered activity tending our precious beers throughout the dark hours. In these late nights and wee hours, that hallowed responsibility falls to the shoulders of the overnight brew crew. These brewing vanguards brave the long nights, <laughs> often alone, to do what needs to be done. Here, Most here. areas of the brewery are dark or in shadows, just like this room. I Throughout am the League the night, of Shadows. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout the night, the cellars resonate with the occasional knocking of expanding and contracting pipes. It can be a bit spooky to hear the brewery creak and groan as if possessed by a spirit randomly knocking about with a mouth. Jesus, this really... This is terrifying. This IPA brewed with a striking array of hops honors our intrepid overnight team by naming it after their mischievous poltergeist companion, the Ghost That's pretty great. That's actually a really tremendous story to put on the back of the beer. I hope it's as good as that story. Yes. Um, as we mentioned I wish, I wish, it, I wish it, it told me something about this specific beer, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like... like What's yeah, like what's the deal with that straight up lager smell? Yeah, which threw me off too. Yeah. Um, you want cheers. You, you want a whiff before we cheers? Oh, okay. What is this? Am I drinking out of a plastic cup? <laughs> <laughs> These are two glass <laughs> items that I'm clacking together and it sounds Could very have me. dull. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Alright, whatever. It smells like a lager, but it doesn't really taste like a lager. Now the aftertaste is kind of lagerish. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with licorice, which I would pour this beer out if that were the case. 
on did the I floor to you that- in defiance. <laughs> it's funny that you bring up licorice because I did I tell you about that from Curb a couple of weeks ago? The, there was a whole storyline, a whole episode really that was built up around licorice. Tremendous. What um, was the deal? Licorice that may or may not have been stolen. Oh. And which definitely ended up being contaminated. <laughs> With what? <laughs> Diarrhea. Okay. <laughs> this is good. I don't know what it is, but it's good. Yeah, it really doesn't taste like an IPA. And it doesn't 100% taste like a lager either. It's good. I'm just confused by it. I don't know why I want this particular food with it, but I would like a plate of hot wings. Because it tastes like a lager. Is that what it is? Yeah, because right. think I, about I, like just I don't generically know. going for wings at like a wing spot. Like You may or may not end up with some generic lager. No, you know what? I've gotten to the habit of if it's not something that sounds interesting to me, I'm not. I'm just not going to order a beer. Like I don't want the basic stuff anymore, just because I don't really care for it. Well, I don't mean like last week. I mean like any time in the past ten years. Mm, mm. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> that's fair. That <laughs> oh, you mean said- at some point in my life? I got you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now you're speaking my language. <laughs> All right. That's pretty good, though. Now I, this, I, I would say this beer is confusing me, much like the brew crew is confused by the <laughs> sounds that they can't explain. Ghost Emma? Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I just, like, I just see like a bunch of guys in a warehouse just losing their minds in the middle of the night. <laughs> and, then, and, and one of them 100% constantly pranking the other ones. Oh, absolutely. You know? Perfect that we're recording this on April Fool's. Um, I also appreciate that mostly April Fool's hasn't been a thing this year. Um, We all didn't need it. Though there have been some assholes that have fooled several people for the last two days, uh, claiming that either New York or New Jersey was suspending alcohol sales Uh. and watching the the panic that came after that. And I'm like, (laughs) but is that real? Because if it was real, the actual internet... All of our broadband wires and Wi-Fi devices would have gone up into flames <laughs> if the state ceased to allow alcohol sales during this time of quarantine. Um, I'm not considering... sure what series of events leads to a bus being on fire, but I'm pretty sure that announcement will do it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So anyway, guys, if you see someone circulating something saying it's... Just make sure it's not... And I don't like use this term lightly. Just make sure it's not fake news because... Every time I see it, whether it be about New York, New Jersey, the last couple of days, it's a very simple internet search that turns up zero news stories from zero credible sources. <laughs> that didn't happen. Trust me, when when the government comes and takes your alcohol from you, there will be an actual... Your, your time machine works. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway. No. This is... Um, yeah, I dig this. I'm happy with this. Uh, it, 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 it will be fitting. Al, there's not, there's not a ton of news, as usual. Correct for these, uh, for the past few episodes, probably for the next few. But uh, what, uh, what's new with you? What have you been doing? How are you keeping busy? You watch anything good? You listen to anything good? Um, well, I would have liked to listen to some good things today, uh, because I did so much driving for work, um, and yet fifty percent of that driving was apparently the middle of nowhere. Yes, so no service. Classic. My service kept dropping out i was like man i'm gonna have probably a good three plus hours of driving today ah dude that's when you gotta subscribe to to things and download them beforehand well i was subscribed the thing is 
I had never heard of the towns I was going to today. I didn't know where they were. I didn't know they were in the middle of nowhere. Had I known, I would have downloaded them ahead of time. Oh, your, your app doesn't download automatically? I listen to too many different shows to do that. I listen to... I keep the top X number of each show readily available on my device. I feel like that would chew up too much memory. I don't know. Ah, you'd be fine. I just felt... Actually, you know what it is? I was just afraid that it was going to require to be keep managing it, and I didn't uh, have to do that. The other thing is, I typically drive through civilized places. <laughs> There's almost always service on my phone. I have very, very few times where I run into connectivity issues. So, just wasn't anticipating this being an issue. Are you driving alone? Um, yeah. Nice. Did you start singing? Well, the thing is, I was able to flip over to satellite radio. Okay. But I even lost that for five minutes at once. <laughs> Going deep. And I wasn't, like, <laughs> under anything. Like, I was just... Apparently, satellites didn't cover that small patch of... Uh, Dutchess or Putnam County. It was one of those counties. Um, you actually... It, it's in this moment. You're all alone, but you're finding out that we are actually, like, facing some sort of apocalyptic event. And it's happening live for you. Where things are just starting to cut out entirely. <laughs> That would have been um, that would have been annoying. <laughs> you get the way you're going, and you see a zombie. You're like, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> now it all adds up. <laughs> I, uh, um, I gotta watch. Sorry, I, I gotta watch Sean Dead again. I, I watched it recently, but it's it is very good. It is. Um, yeah, but anyway, I was looking forward to crushing so many podcasts today, and I I was disappointed. I only got to knock out about half of what I wanted to. Um, I did not get to knock out the what your wife texted me about last night. And that is the Scrubs rewatch mm-hmm. by Donald Faison and Zach Braff, which I am excited for. It sounds like a tremendous me, concept. <laughs> it does. It's made me want to rewatch myself because while I've seen just about every episode multiple times, uh, it's been several years since I've seen any Scrubs. Right. And uh, each episode was- is, is around an, is around an episode in chronological order, I believe, right? Oh, is it really? I, I, assumed I it think was that's be- the case. I assumed it was going to be clusters of episodes, but I, I don't know. I didn't get to look at it mm. yet. Um, she just texted me about it yesterday. I had actually heard a while back that they were thinking about doing a podcast or something, and then I completely forgot about it until she just told me about mm. it. Um, but I kind of want to re- start rewatching myself, even though I have very little time to do so. Um, in, a, in a time in which everyone is catching up on all the things they wanted to watch and even things they didn't want to watch... Um, I have had less time than ever to watch any of the things I actually do want to watch. <laughs> I'm like seven weeks behind on Homeland. So, <laughs> uh, and I didn't even get to watch Better Call Saul yet, which is most unfortunate um, this week. It but was that because said, it was a tremendous episode. Yeah, I figured because the way things ended last week would seem to lend itself to being a strong episode. It's going places. All I know is we don't have answers yet, but we're going to get answers to the questions that we've been asking. That's good. Um, I see it getting there. But anyway, I was going to say, I've been listening to uh, my daily staple of the Dan Levitard show. I've been listening to, um, I don't even know if they're weekly, really, but I've mentioned it a couple times, Cinephobe mm-hmm. cracks me up so much. Oh, yeah, I still have to listen um, to them. I listen to a couple other football podcasts, the Mina Kimes show, Mina Kimes show with Lenny, um, the GM Shuffle. I feel like there's another one in there somewhere. Some of the other Dan Levitard and friend network shows stupidity the mystery crate um <laughs> that's pretty great <laughs> south beach sessions 
um, depending if they got a good guest. Uh, but yeah, so I listen to a fair amount of shows when I actually have service while I'm driving. <laughs> you could have listened to so much more. <laughs> I'm serious. I lost easily an hour and a half of listening. Oh, man. You know, you could probably just get the audio for Scrubs and be set too, since you've seen it so many times. Yeah, <laughs> that's one way to consume the content. You might uh, approach it from a different angle. You know, get a, another gonna, understanding. You're gonna have to. So you're gonna have to probably start. Like, add the first two seasons on the Plex though for me, because I'm gonna start. I'm gonna probably start watching those soon. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I, I still have to watch that whole series. Um, but judging of the way that I've just been just housing content lately, I uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd probably burn through it pretty quick. Um, as you know, last week Al and I were talking about devs. He was making me very uncomfortable about a second episode of the season. Uh, I have since finished what's out. <laughs> and it's so good. Uh, it will... It, it's likely going to be one of my favorite shows. Like, I, we'll see how it ends. Like, if they, can, if they can stick the landing. But it is tremendous. And it's because I love movies. I'm not a show person as much as I am a movie person. This is just a long-ass movie. And it's a really good one. Broken up into multiple things. Very well crafted too, um, which is like visually, audio. It's well written with the extent, with the exception of a, just a couple of minor gripes that I have. Sure, it's very well acted by the main cast, which is, with the exception of, uh, Nick Offerman and Allison Pill, is pretty unknown mm-hmm. and, and not even a ton of people I would say know her per se. Um, but I really appreciate everything about what Alex Garland is doing. There's there's something special there with like I know like this is what you're trying to do when you make a show, but like there's the through line story of the entire series where it is a very it's very much one story, right? That's going throughout these episodes. But somehow each episode by itself stands alone with it's got its own little thing going on, not like a monster of the week type of way, but in a like a deep dive into some portion of some character or some part of the story. And I feel like there's there's enough closure in e- each episode that they feel complete. They feel like complete stories in themselves where they leave, obviously, opening for whether the rest of it's going to go. But, like, there's something... They, they focus in, in each one, in a really good way. They Yeah, they each do... It actually... It feels almost like watching a novel where yeah. each episode really does... With the exception of the first episode, each episode feels like a chapter in a book, mm-hmm. um, like very discreetly, which not every show always feels like that. The only the only exception I'd say is the first episode really felt like two chapters. Um, but other than that, um, each one kind of feels like a chapter of a book. Mm-hmm. Speaking of books. Um, so we'll say we haven't, well, say before you transition, because yeah. <laughs> it sounds like that's what you're doing. Um <laughs> We haven't talked any specifics about this on the show, have we? About devs, other no. than what I, like you haven't talked about any. No, and you, do you want to do some devs talk right now. We can. I would still like to keep it as uh, spoiler free as possible. Uh, it's one well, of those. I was to say it's been. I was like people. If you know, if, if anyone uh, has had the desire to watch it, I guess that's true. Had the time now. We've talked about it a lot on the show, so it's not like they're not informed. Yeah, and also it's not like we know <laughs> where it's going. <laughs> that's true too, because <laughs> um, it's not over yet. Uh, well, first of all, let, let's let's first thing first. First things first. On the that realist. second episode, yeah, the sequence that I was describing. I had you. the misfortune of watching that twice, not because I had to rewind it to make sure that I understood what was happening. I got it. I got it immediately. But Kim fell asleep, 
And then I had to rewatch the end of it. And as it happened, she just, with like no words, she just turned really fast and looked at me. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's disturbing. It's one of the more disturbing deaths I've ever seen. The most disturbing part of that entire sequence is that there was swelling music and whatever sound engineer did this mixing of perfectly dropping the rest of the sound for the split second of somebody stepping on a large piece of bubble wrap (laughs) uh, in just the perfect timing. No, you know what it sounded like? It doesn't sound like a piece of bubble wrap. It sounded like... You remember those very old school wooden pop guns? (laughs) Yeah, kind of. Kind of like that. (laughs) I do remember those. I had one of those with a little cork in it. With the string, yes, yes, and then you you pump exactly. and you push and it goes pop and and then you pull it back in. <laughs> I'm I'm ninety nine percent certain that has to have been the effect. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, it's just it's the the thing is that you're watching it and as it's happening and then you you can't obviously you can't unsee it. We're talking about a man's neck being like we're we're going spoilers right? Yeah. Okay. We're talking about a man's neck <laughs> being. Snapped by a tire. Now, if I were to say that to you, without any other details, you would assume he was run over. A car was pushed over his well, face. I was going to say, we'll, we'll, we'll give one more. We'll give one more bit of detail, right? It was a car tire. Right. You know? <laughs> like you said. Oh, so he got run over? Then I suppose mm-hmm. you'd be wrong. Correct. A car stationary. <laughs> car, car stationary. Two people heavily involved. <laughs> Neither of them in the car. Nope. No, nobody in the car. Yeah. Car parked. Again, stationary. Yeah. Car parked. Uh, steering wheel turned to the right for dramatic effect. <laughs> <laughs> We're outside the car, if I'm being clear. When I say wheel, I mean the tire. <laughs> Did I say wheel before? Okay. No, you said tire. Right, and good, I also good, good, specified good. no one in the car. No one in the car. Um, yeah. So here's what happened when I was watching it. As you mentioned, there was music swelling good music music too. by the way which did not really it was good music but did not fit the scene it you know, did like, you know why it, it didn't fit the scene this is gonna get weird that's what they just said that's what they said when they started playing that song 100 <laughs> percent. but considering what was going on <laughs> something a bit more dramatic and faster paced might have been what i would have chosen sure. you know what i mean or something more specifically calling out like terrible things are happening you know better what I mean? yet what if you slow the scene down even a little bit more Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> uh, anyway, fight, and as you said, yes, the, it's just chef's kiss. Now, the music <laughs> bottoms out for just a second for that uh-huh. dramatic pop. See, here's the thing, though. Yeah. I'm watching that whole scene, mm-hmm. and I'm actually yelling in my television. And this is what, you remember I was talking about last week? It was last week or week before when we were talking about mm-hmm. this. I was like, I told you I was infuriated. It's really the only major writing issue I have. These are the worst spies ever to haunt the screen. Because if that guy was legitimately, legitimately a KGB spy, mm-hmm. there is no way he's getting followed to that meeting spot. There is no way he's getting followed from that meeting spot. Without knowing that someone is following him. Right. This is Tradecraft 101. Then, he decides to make something happen, right? He's got the jump on him. Right. 
stabs him in the gut. Which, apparently he's the Terminator, because that didn't seem to fit him. Because they then start to grapple. <laughs> they then start to, to grapple with each other. Right. Now, grappling, you know, commences. One of those guys is 65 years old. The mm-hmm. other one of those guys is like 45 or 50 years old. Mm-hmm. The guy who has been stabbed, who was on the receiving end of the element of surprise, is the 65-year-old guy. Right. And the, the younger guy, twice, has him pinned against the car and is choking him out with his hand. Both times loses that high ground. High ground? High ground! <laughs> then... He gets him around the waist mm-hmm. and, like, does, like, a rear naked whatever the fuck, or Greco-Roman, like, throw. Right. And loses that part of the engagement. And now they're just tussling on the ground. Mm-hmm. And, they, you know, they keep cutting back and forth between this fight and, and another scene, right? And so when they come back to it the final time, the two of them are laying on the ground. The one of them's got the arm around the shoulder of the other guy. Which, you know, you would think that's the guy in control. Mm. You'd be wrong. (laughs) Again. And so the guy who's actually in control is grabbing his hand and wrist. And he's tugging down on the guy. Yeah. And I'm focused. The camera is looking at that guy's head and the wrist as he's yanking and yanking. And I'm like, what exactly is he trying to accomplish by yanking on this guy's hand? Mm -hmm. And I'm staring at the hand. And I hear the pop as a final tug of the hand happens. And so I assume he broke his wrist. Mm. And then they cut away from it. And then they don't come back to it. I'm like, so he broke his wrist to death? I will, I will say that... Or are we going to come back to something else later? I definitely didn't see it that way. Uh, I was more focused on the guy's face as his face was getting closer and closer to the tire. Well, so, so that's the thing is, I didn't really notice that part of it. Might have just been uh, okay. because of the li- the lighting in the Could've room. Been. I didn't yeah. notice his head was against the tire first. Mm-hmm. I did see his face as he was turning and thrashing around. Yeah. But you there's like I mean? a there's and, a uh, just the fear on his face as his neck is bending though is is there. Well the thing is the the two of them were rolling around and both of them had grimaces on their face. So that didn't really mean anything to me. So I rewound it. Mm-hmm. Watch it again. Just like I rewound it like ten seconds, you know, watch it again. Uh-huh. Pop, he stops moving, and he's, you know, you see a, like, kind of a relaxation. Yeah. But I'm still, f- I was focused on the hand again, because I'm like, That's what so funny. Yeah, no, I, I definitely saw it differently. Because that's what the camera is focused on. Now, it pivots, right, to show his face after, as you see, it, like, the tension come out of his head. I was like, so he clearly died, but how? Yeah, <laughs> so I, I don't know. Again. When I was watching it, I feel like it was just, it was so very clearly on his face as it popped that's well, the, it's the, interesting that like, po- different perspective i guess my but. i was focused on the point of action yeah. which was the hand mm. you know what i mean but so then i rewound it again and i was like i guess i just need to watch anywhere on this so the other thing is like as i'm like rewinding it again i'm like well i actually went back further to when they first fell down because if you notice where they fell down between the two cars yeah. was right on top of where the knife went Oh. So I was wondering, did I miss like him landing on it or something? Left hand between the two. Of, no, I was wondering. The um, Kenton's left hand was between the two of them. I was wondering, oh. is there something in there? Did he grab the knife and stick him in the ribs or something? Because mm-hmm. then, okay, now I get it. You know right. what I mean? Nothing. And I was like, so I just literally need to look anywhere else <laughs> on the screen other than. And then I finally noticed. I was like, oh my god, he just snapped his neck. 
This makes sense now. Now I understand how he died. Other questions. How the fuck do you get your neck broken that way? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, so here's the thing. And here's the other reason why maybe I was able to spot it immediately. Uh, I don't know because I didn't have... I wasn't watching it blind really so what was fun for me yeah well you 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 knew while you were watching that scene that that was the scene i was talking about you just didn't know specifically what happened right so as i'm watching that scene the things that i came up with (laughs) for what's about to happen were tremendous somehow maybe even crazier than what went down (laughs) but i was like there's one point where they hit the back of the car i was like oh he is so killing him with that windshield wiper. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's gonna be weird. And then when they get like when they're on the floor, I was like, are they? Ju-? I thought maybe like, are they just gonna fall and one of them's gonna hit their head and that's gonna be it? And that's why I was confused. That wasn't it. And then when they're struggling on the ground, I was like, is he gonna like press his face against the underside of the car and burn him to death? <laughs> I was like, what's going on here? And then he started to move his face, and I was like, am I right? <laughs> And then, and then the pop. Yeah. No snap. No crackle. All pop. <laughs> uh, there was a snap. <laughs> it, it, no, it was by definition a pop. <laughs> anyway. Oh boy. I just needed to get that off my chest to you, mm-hmm. the specific experience that I went through and why I was so confused. So, because you're right. Once you actually see it, it's like, oh yeah, how did I miss that? Uh, and I'll t- I, I, I'm telling you, I specifically know why. It's because... The point of action in all this was Kenton grabbing Anton's hand. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm watching. And so I'm very confused. I just assumed he snapped his wrist. I heard the pop. I assumed it was his wrist because that was what he was tugging on. And I was really confused how he died from that. (laughs) I I want you to know until like the third or fourth episode, I wasn't 100% sure his name was Kenton. I was like, is is he saying Kent? And then Harrison Fording at the end of the word? Like, what is he doing? Okay. Like, what's happening? And, <laughs> and then finally there's uh, the, the flowers on Lily's end table that say, with a sign that says Kenton. I was like, all right, we're good. <laughs> it's definitely Kenton. <laughs> that was how I knew for sure. <laughs> well, the thing is, multiple people say his name, so... <laughs> yeah, but they still... Like eventually it's it- for what, you know what it is? It's an odd name. And they somehow trail off, like, every time. <laughs> Well, it's one of those quirky syllables, right, where I was actually, it was just in one of the shows I was listening to today in the car when I actually had service. Um, there must be something to this of having a repeating sound before and after a T, hmm. because someone was talking about how much trouble they had saying the word podcasts, and it's oh. because you have to enunciate the S-T-S yeah. with no vowel in there, so otherwise it comes out as podcast. You know which one always gets me? You know, I mean... What? The penitent man will pass. The way he enunciates penitence is, yeah. is pretty incredible. Um, for a guy who slurs so many other words in his the, the course of his acting career, you know, 50 years or whatever it is. Right. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. so Kenton, Ken I wonder if that's the same thing where it's like, NT and then another N sound right after it. If you know, you have to really enunciate the Kenton. Mm. Otherwise, it's Kenton. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Uh, that's probably what it is. A uh, couple of other things. Uh, man, I love Nick Offerman and everything he's in. I just think he's great. He's he's in this. He's doing a very good job of not being the funny guy. Like he's he's playing the part and he's playing it well. Uh, he's torture. Put him in the vill- in, in the Vince Gilligan school. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. Um. And then, here, random things I noticed uh, while watching the show. Uh, 
Lily's boss, or I, I'm assuming it's her manager, when she comes in after the whole ordeal, she goes back to work, and it's 100% too soon. Uh, but it's all by design. Uh, but when she goes yeah. in and her manager is there, did you notice that her manager has um, like these futuristic prosthetic feet? No. Yeah, I didn't either until the second time I watched it. Cause Kim, so Kim fell asleep in the middle of two, and then I didn't stop. So <laughs> the next day I had to rewatch the end of two and the next episode. And in that time, I guess I was like observing the scenery a little bit more. I was like, what's up with your feet? Like, is it like, what's going on here? And then it's like, it's not, it's, it's never in focus. It's just in the one scene that's a, that's shot wide that you notice it. And no one says anything about no, it either. No, no, nothing. Which is, that's the type of thing Garland would, would do, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's not... Even though I think he's very show, don't tell. There isn't a lot of exposition unless it, you know. I don't feel there's ever a lot of exposition for plot purposes. The only time there's ever a lot of exposition is for, like, characteristic and scene setting. Mm-hmm. Like, or, like characterization and scene setting stuff, right? Like, like Nick Offerman giving a big philosophy lesson on determinism. Right. Never was... A plot-heavy thing when he's talking in the first episode to Sergey, right? It's giving you a look into what he's all about, mm-hmm. and more importantly, the two, that there's two theories that they're, yes, that they're but, struggling but, like, with. The the point I'm making is, so often when that scene happens in a movie or show, it's to explain to you why the thing is happening. You mean the clean slate? The master tool for a master theme. <laughs> yes. It's it's that, you know, the Basilic position trait, right? Um and while this does functionally do that, you don't actually need the explanation. Mm-hmm. And that's not what the explanation is. And that's a level of mastery of writing that you don't see very often. Yeah. So I'll give him the pass for just not getting tradecraft and spy stuff right. If it means I get to have that, sure, sure, yeah. Like Despite at any point that during that scene a... on the way to the garage, he he knew the guy was behind him in the car, right? Like at any point, like that's how that would have. Yes, yeah. like if he had just gone into that, even if he ends up losing the fight, if he had just gone into the meeting, seeming like he knew he was being followed, I would have been fine. Like if he gets out of his car and says, "Oh, is that you back there?" or something, you know what I mean? And then you do the whole rest of the scene, I'm actually fine with it. It's just him being surprised. Like, at no point should he ever have not picked up on a right. tail. Right. Like, he wasn't even trying Cl- to And not. clearly he was followed for, I don't know, nine hours because they met early morning. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, like, that, that is the one thing, really, sure. the, like, tangible thing that's bothering me. Like, but like I said, fine. If, if spy stuff wasn't my thing... I probably wouldn't bother me very much. Like, I would probably, like, just yeah. be, like, a little bit of a, that doesn't seem right, but whatever. But it, because it's my thing, it, sure. it comes out as a pet, a pet peeve for me. Right. Like, I, I, I noticed it, but I don't really care that much. I get what you're saying. But for I get, like, yes. if you're super into that, that it that it's immersion-breaking for sure. Yes. Um, like, it's how I'm sure you feel when you're watching something <laughs> and they do something about, like, programming that's just wildly wrong. Yeah. Anytime they start doing, like... I've hacked into the system in like four seconds. It's like, no, that's not how that happens. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I just my my like, thing is usually like, you're probably not really doing that on that computer. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. 
Um, yeah, that that's the same thing for me. You, right? you know what my favorite is? Is when they have multiple laptops and they're doing two things. I'm like, but you're not, you're not though. Like that, <laughs> you're not set up It'd that way. It'd be way more efficient to have two tabs. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, the only time it makes any sense, right, is if they're on, like one is like their laptop to do the hacking and the other one is like a terminal in the thing they're hacking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I guess you could probably get away with that. I was like, and they actually, they're doing a good job with a lot of that stuff because when uh, Lily goes to the ex's house and uh, with the video footage and he's going through his computers, I was like, are you looking for an air gap, the laptop? And then he opens it up and pops out all the radios. And I was like, nice. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Well, and and so that's my, my confusion with why the spy thing was so wrong because... I don't think he's an expert on all these things, but he has the type of analytical and investigative mind where it's obvious, much in the way that like a Tom Clancy would for his novels, when he wants to write about a subject, he clearly spends a good amount of time learning about the subject. Whereas he may not be an expert in it by the time he's done, but he has a working knowledge of all the things. Like you said, getting the air-gapped computer. And it's not like... He's done multiple sci-fi things, right? But they're not all the same thing. Right. He had to learn a lot about artificial intelligence to do Ex Machina, right? Mm-hmm. He had to learn a lot about deterministic thinking and about programming, which some of that already had been from Ex Machina, I'm sure. But he had to expand upon that knowledge, um, both the AI and quantum theory and deterministic thinking and all that sort of stuff for this show. All of the biology and chemistry stuff for Annihilation. These are not always overlapping things, mm-hmm. right? So... It's clear that he does a fair amount of research on these things before he writes them. And so that's what and was what I'm saying with this whole thing with the, the spy thing. That is a tradecraft 101 thing. Like that is like spies for dummies. Mm-hmm. Spotting a tail. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I was confused about that because all the other things are if not immaculate are at least grounded very deeply in reality. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it it's it is, it's interesting, but the the show is really it's got its hooks in me, bad, and uh, there's a couple of things like that I want to point out. One that one that I find interesting, um, Sergey finds out what's going on in devs. Right, he's he gets in, he's assigned a computer. Uh, the forest character tells him, "I'm not going to tell you what to do. You'll figure it out." And so he gives him time, and he's reading through code. Hang on, hang on, hang on, no, no. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to tell you what we're working on. Read the code. Figure it out. Right. I know you will. Mm -hmm. Which, once you see where the show is going, because at the end of the first episode, you don't know what they're working on. Yeah. Once you see where the show is going. It's a big line. That line came back to me afterward. I was like, oh, God, I know you will. Holy shit. Uh (laughs) The the one thing that I will say is the... I, I get what they were, what he was going for. I don't think that the throwing up in the bathroom really matched the emotion of the confusion that that was. I don't think it. It was that that reaction felt more like a fear reaction. It was. I, he wasn't confused. Was he okay? So was. Do you think it's it was? Terrible. Was it fear that he knows that he's probably getting caught then after this because of if if they know what's going to happen type thing? Maybe or it's just. Well, it's, it's, that's probably part of it. Well, it's a combination of things. One, oh my God, they might be able to catch me. Two, oh my God, 
this shouldn't be pot. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if you looked in the mirror and you saw you had three eyeballs all of a sudden, right? Like, it's so beyond what you could possibly explain, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's breaking the world. as you know, Like he said, this changes everything. Yeah. Although... Not really. Katie disagrees. She says this changes nothing. Right. Great Which line. Is again an interesting part of <laughs> perspective and all that, right? Yeah. And at this point, we still don't know what it is, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know. I think it has more to do with when something is so unexplainable that seems to shake the foundations of your values and beliefs in how the world works. Um, I think it was just a visceral reaction. Okay. To that, and and also to the implications as to what it could mean, what what it could be used for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, theoretically, nothing, right? <laughs> well, I'm still a little confused by that by my, uh, myself, based on the last episode, and, and we're we're finally back to getting closer to recording when we're supposed to be. We're recording on a Wednesday, so it's the newest episode tomorrow. isn't out till tomorrow. It'll be out before this air. So, um, but the way it was left off in episode five, I'm still not a hundred percent sure what it is they're trying to accomplish. Oh well, it, that's actually one of the things I think is interesting about it is we to we to a degree we understand Forrest's reasoning for doing things. He he is trying to prove himself either guilty or not guilty in the only way he knows how. That's true, right? I wonder though. There seems to be an, a next logical step for you know. First, it was can we accurately predict the past right to see into the past to see if and it's you know very powerful when there is no sound right and the image doesn't actually come up it's through that like the way they looked at the the code in the matrix right Mm -hmm. um it's very apparent they're looking at jesus christ on the cross well just Um, to pause for a second that was a really clever way of not wasting too much time but showing inaccuracy what do you mean? Like doing the fuzzy visual and then later making oh, yeah, it clear. Yeah. Just the design language of the show is incredible because it gets you yes. there. They don't really have, they, they say enough, but it's probably not enough for most people. But then they, again, he, he shows you, right? And then he shows it clear up. Like that, it's it's so powerful, especially when you, when, when it, they, show, they show the scene with oh, Amaya, right? Yeah. Where she adds in the stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway. Looking back into the past and saying, basically, it, it functions as, if not a time machine, right? Like a, a let's call it a time telescope, right? Mm-hmm. You can look at a moment in time, and then we realize, well, if you can, quote-unquote, predict the past, right? To verify what you believe happened at a point in time in the past, could you verify what is to come in the future? Mm-hmm. And so that's powerful as it is, right? It's, you know, it's what's-his-name having the book in... Uh, back to the future yeah right with all the things that are going to happen um and like we just said a few minutes ago gives you the power of when him he tells sergey i know you will figure it out right because he's already seen that he will Mm -hmm. it's incredible um and then they start looking at what i think is two diverging paths right because well three if you want to get katie's motivations into it right Mm -hmm. there's Forrest trying to find out whether or not he is guilty or innocent for what happened in the past Try, and everything he's done Trying since. to find out, but also doesn't want the answer. As a character. Of course not. Yes, it's, um... 
uh, Schrodinger's justice, let's call yeah. it. Uh, um, but there's also when they show the experiment that Katie does with the rat. Mm-hmm. What I've wondered this whole time is: was this machine to just, you know, verify as he is saying, or is it going to offer a window into him? being able to change the past or change the future. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we can do that in three episodes. So I could just be wrong in presupposing that that's so uh, my theory is that the their that their multiverse theory is more accurate to what's actually happening and that the computer is able to project the most likely outcome in their current situation. Uh, They do a they do a very good job of like Hey, what about that plot hole where one guy where 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 I think it's is it Forrest or is it Katie? I think it's Forrest that says, "Why don't we look a minute into the future to see how you're standing, and then you don't do that, right?" And yeah. and she's like very combative about it. But these two people have well, their but- agendas. He wants. He's like. He's very he's he's basically trying to destroy himself to a degree. He wants he almost wants to be guilty, but at the same time doesn't. It's very it's interesting, but she very much needs it to be deterministic. But I don't know if that's the correct reading of that because he's the one who's been lashing out anytime someone mentions multiverse. First episode, mm-hmm. not a big fan of multiverse theory. Third episode, fires Linden for putting a multiverse algorithm on the thing mm-hmm. and it's we, yeah, but that's now- that's just defensive behavior because that's the one that makes it his fault um no right? it's just the other way around right uh wait okay i see what you mean because in the first episode he just he says to sergey it's not your fault you could have never made another choice mm-hmm. right so yes multiverse well i guess that i suppose that could be a way to look at that if that's the the tack you're going to take with it because that um, you know, it was again, it was another powerful line where he says, that's not, that's, uh, Jesus Christ speaking in Aramaic. Not our. It may not be our Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the thing, I guess it, it I guess it, it makes it a little bit less cut and dry. I, I've been viewing it as he very much wants the machine to work because his only salvation, whether it indicts him or not, is to get the answer that's driving him. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it results in him having to fall on his own sword, right? Um, even just, you know, emotionally. Sure. Right? Um, because I don't think he seems the type to show really any remorse for the things he's done to the other people in his life. Other than what happened with his wife and daughter. Well, I would say that he doesn't because that's the only thing that's in his mind. Sure, but I guess what I'm saying is I don't see him having remorse for killing Sergei if he finds out that multiverse. Oh, I, sure. It will um, honestly, and the reason being is that he will already have been maximally destroyed. <laughs> I suppose. So. I guess. I guess he's such a tortured soul that yeah. his only salvation is finding the conclusion, whatever the conclusion is, because mm-hmm. then. He does seem the type where if it's true that it's quote-unquote his fault, he'd likely kill himself. Mm -hmm. Whereas if he finds out that it's definitively not his fault, if it is truly deterministic, he'll continue on to whatever his next step is. And I don't know if he's thought that far because he's so consumed by the answer, right? Right. 
I, honestly, who knows? Maybe he'd kill himself either way. Because, mm. you know, it's either, be. well, there's nothing I could have done. I have nothing else to live for. Or, oh my God, it's my fault. I have nothing to live for. Yeah. Which I guess is really just another argument for determinism. Because he would always die. Yeah. Well, it, Regardless, but, but I think I I, it's interesting, though. They're, they're going as far as every little action, right? Sure. I, I guess my, my, my final point, though, to this whole debate between their motivations is Katie can't be the attorney for the defense if she can only make the machine work through a multiverse view. Mm. Because that would then make her the prosecutor. Sure. Yeah. Of course, she could have been lying, or her view. Well, no. Hang on. Hang on. The defense doesn't necessarily need to believe what they're defending, right? So, like, which is the reason why she says that he can't do that thing of (laughs) see if you fold your arms and then don't, right? She's got to keep him in a certain spot. She's got to convince other people that you can't do that. I suppose I'm just saying, you know. If the defense proves the prosecutor's case, they're not a very good defense attorney. Sure. <laughs> Which is why she's preventing him from, from doing that little experiment, I think. But there's also there's also an interesting piece to that of like the whole, let's look a minute forward in the future. I liked this whole concept, right? Because let's look a minute forward in the future and see how you hold your arms and like the how smart is the machine? Did it do the opposite to make you do the thing that you're supposed to do because you're trying to manipulate it. <laughs> you know, like, you can go at, like, and which would be the defense's probably position standing in front of a jury. <laughs> you know, like, that. Yeah. It's just, it's, it is, it's crazy. The show is really good, and I just can't wait to see where it goes. <laughs> and it's funny, I've heard some people say, like, oh, well, like, the story doesn't really matter so much. It's more about the overall Oh, my vibe God, the story is so good, though. <laughs> It is, um, but at times they kind of just say, well, let's just put that over there. Like, most of the last episode wasn't too story-driven. You had a little bit at the very beginning, a little bit at the very end, but there's about 35 minutes in the middle that have nothing to do with the story. Like, advancing the plot, I'll say. Wait, which, what, what, what specifically are you talking about? Episode 5. What happens in the middle that doesn't advance the plot? Most of the episode is Katie using the machine to look back at the seminal moments of her and Forrest. Oh, I think that's hugely important. And it will be for the plot. As far as, just not not exactly yet. There's such mystery around that character and how important she is that we need to know where she came from. Because to be honest with you, up until that episode, I was like, was she manufactured? Like, I, I couldn't, I wasn't certain she was a real person. I'm. I'm still not. Um, <laughs> was is this gonna is this going to dovetail into the X Machina Maybe. universe? Is that what's gonna Maybe. happen? Um, no. What I'm saying is, I'm not saying. Well, listen. Anything that happens can be in service to the plot. What I'm saying is, the plot didn't advance during the course of the episode. During the runtime of the episode, thirty-five-ish minutes in the middle of the episode was purely on I, I, I see backstory I, I, and character I, development I of Katie and it, The Fox, story didn't you know unfold. I mean? Maybe we unveiled some stuff from the past. I got you. Yes. That, you know what I mean? Like, so an entire episode of an eight-episode limited series. Mm-hmm. There isn't a season two, people. So one whole episode is devoted to backstory. Right. Which, I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying that is an argument for what people are saying is which at 
the story overall maybe doesn't matter as much as in some other shows. It's much more about the questions that we want to ask about each other and the world around us type of deal. About the overall vibe of what's going on. About crafting this world in, in all forms. What you see, what you hear, what you feel while watching it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of things. A couple more things because this show is just so good. Uh, one of the things, before we get clarity in the visual based on uh, using a different theory, right, to do so, we see what we assume to be Lily crawling on the ground and then expiring, right? They seem to be very certain that they, that's what they're watching. They do. What's so interesting to me about that scene is the exact style of the clothing that that person is wearing is the person that was fired. The same clothes they were wearing in that scene are the clothes on the person that's crawling on the floor. I, you know, I, I've kind of been wondering about that myself. Not that specifically, but just about whether we can be sure it's Lily. Not whether it could be Lyndon, just whether it's definitely Lily. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, they both have similar haircuts. Uh, Lily's considerably taller, I think. Yeah, but regardless i, no, I was i was that. more saying like there was like it was so clear that that person crawling on the floor flips over the pants are a little cuffed the shirt's open there's two shirts on the sleeves are rolled up like that like linden was wearing that outfit when leaving the building yeah but lily does too. but wasn't i i don't know that person was specifically like it, it, there's obviously he does things very visually they i think he wants you I, to make I, that assumption at least. Maybe. Well, well, I guess what I'm saying is they're quite certain it's her. Um, and this goes into something we haven't seen yet mm-hmm. on the show is how is like the parameters of the machine running like set up? Like, do they put in, do they type in her name? Mm. Like if I type in Lily Chan, is it, and you know, 2000 and 22 right right is it going to show me what it thinks will be happening around her at that time like we don't know that so that's since we don't know that but that's been my assumption is something along those lines right we put in a set of parameters as to what to look at like jesus christ 33 ad right he's on the cross um i imagine that's what it is so it like by definition couldn't be anyone sure if they depending on how yeah maybe you know you know what i mean like how do we get like we know that Marilyn Monroe is having sex with I forgot who Arthur Miller playwright right Arthur Miller it was like it's a playwright I can't remember his name uh, Arthur Miller um, like that can't be anyone else mm-hmm. so they had to have put in a very specific like that was they didn't just stumble upon that moment in history they wanted to see that moment in history right so they were able to set the parameters such as that would allow them to see that right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just circling back to London for a second. The idea of like you know doing removing the noise, getting the clear sound, and then getting fired and getting a ten million dollar severance. I was like, oh, I mean, I know you're a little upset right now, but you won. You're good now. Just go home. You're- yeah, but that's you know that's not how people like that. <laughs> oh, thing, yeah, right. Sure, but um, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, consider at that age, um, like, be bitter about it all you want, but, like, you're still pretty set for life. You yeah. Know I mean? Like, well, I mean, basically what I'm saying is, 
you're probably not going to take much of a reputation ding. Like, you can go get whatever you want. Plus, you have your own seed money to start something if you want. Mm -hmm. Like, and you're so young, it's not worth getting killed over being an asshole and having a temper tantrum, Mm -hmm. right? But I guess the one thing that I'm curious about, and it's funny, you kind of got to it, but not wholly, right? Um, Talking about the lack of of certainty that it's Lily, right? Mm -hmm. Katie's fixed extrapolating on Lyndon's work for audio and visuals has allowed us to see with perfect clarity the past Mm -hmm. but still not the future well they haven't applied it necessarily have they well I just assume if we're watching it again why wouldn't we even if we're still questioning the veracity specifically because that was like the final scene of the episode and uh, he was mad about it and she like she put it on to kind of to shut Forrest up for a minute. Yeah, but I guess what I'm saying is it's obvious that they've watched that scene a million right. times. So why not watch it with the clarity of that Well, they'll get thing? I'm sure they'll even, get there. Even if we're even if we're gonna say, right, well we can't be certain, right? Because this doesn't have the deterministic model, this has the multi world. Why wouldn't you try and look at it through that other lens, even if we're not gonna take it as gospel yet? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's important that we haven't seen any of the future scenes with that. Well, didn't we just? Didn't this just happen in the last episode? I know I watched a lot of them back to back, so I don't remember for sure the timeline. Uh, I I think so, but the point is, we then watched a whole host of different scenes around Katie, around Forrest, around Amaya mm. with that function. So technically, it was two, the very last scene of the episode of episode four was her. Flipping it on with Amaya blowing the balls. Oh, okay. Okay. And then the next episode was Katie watching a ton of her past, and then also Forrest watching Amaya and his wife's death, who's, I don't remember if they said her name actually, mm-hmm. but. Oh, man. You want to talk about a great shot, like a, like a, a greatly shot scene? Well, first of, all, first of all, let me just say all of the ones in which they have the multiple paths. Yeah. Those are all so cool, but that specifically the car accident one with all of the different sure. car accidents, degree of and difficulty, not car accidents <laughs> happening. It was like insane with him walking through it. So cool. That was it. Really was incredible, but it, you know, degree of di- difficulty, yeah. right? Like having, but all of those shots. Could you imagine how much time and how much work went into doing like the, the level of specificity to nail that? Must have been incredible. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it, it was the payoffs totally worth. It. Oh it yeah, was, all of those scenes are so cool to look at. God, I can't wait till tomorrow. <laughs> but uh so the, the the other thing so the funny thing is um it sounds like we're wrapping up this topic and i can use this to kind of transition yeah. to this other topic um you asked what i've been doing lately last saturday uh we had a big zoom call with me and a bunch of my friends um it was good because most of them are couples so they could all share one screen because mm-hmm. otherwise we would have had 37 different people on this call uh <laughs> what we did the point is it was roughly half that number of screens mm-hmm. and it was still a lot of people talking over each other, um, although we got better over the course of time. That being said, um, we were on, some or all of us were on from, you know, somewhere between 8, 8.30, and I think me and Caleb signed off last at about 3 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> when me, Caleb, and his uh, girlfriend, Kirsty were talking about devs for quite a while, especially towards the end when it was just really the three of us talking, mm-hmm. and uh, I mentioned to them, and I mentioned to you, I think in the past, um, that there was some talk during the promotional material that um, that Alex Garland said 
he wants to do another show right. with the main cast. Yeah, you mentioned this last week. Um, oh, did mm. I mention it to you last week too? I couldn't remember. Yeah. I think it's so cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Just going right ahead with it. I wondered watching that scene or the two scenes really with the diverging paths, right? Um, if it wasn't going well, how annoying that would be. Like for them to be able to go through that, like there must have been some frustrating times where it's like, no, 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 you missed your mark by six inches. Right. You're gonna fuck it all up, right? Like, like that could have been so annoying. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they were able to get through that and they still want to work together is pretty incredible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it is a pretty cool scene. I will say that it, it it's probably a little bit easier than it seems to do that with the way. Th- like with the tools that they have now, but it was it, it's still very impressive. Yeah, I'm sure it's easier to do that now than it would have been 20 years ago. It's also why you didn't see it 20 right, years ago. Right. <laughs> um, but I still think it would be pretty demanding because for each scene, they probably had to do let's call it five takes, right? Yeah. So if you're doing 10 Katie's, it's 50 takes. Mm-hmm. It did seem to me more like that she was standing in one spot, reacting in multiple ways, and that they moved her vertically up and down within the shot, Um, because it doesn't actually it doesn't feel like it it doesn't look super natural. Um, (laughs) It doesn't look super natural either. (laughs) Super choice of words, (laughs) but. Well, I guess I guess what I, I the point I would make is some of those she's standing, some of those she's walking. Mm-hmm. Oh, good um, point. Yeah, that's true. So e- you know, even if you're right in that a couple of them they could have spliced, they still have to do multiple yeah, yeah, different yeah. I, I, I paths. Got you. I got you. Yeah, that's cool. Great show. Very excited. Can't wait to see where this goes. Uh, curious how I'm curious how this will end. Um. You know, I, I do feel like there's a chance it's disappointing from a story perspective. Mm. I don't know. Like, uh, if I think about Annihilation, right? And Ex Machina. Uh, they end. You get it, though. Like, you understand where we're at by the ending. There's not. Well, there's open questions as to what's next, but you get what's happened. You get what's happened, even though there are some very specific, important... Um, plot lines that are left up to debate, mm-hmm. right? There's people maybe who lived or died that you're not 100% sure whether they lived or died. Right. But the crux of the encounter, you feel pretty certain about, right? Yeah, I, I will say it's it's very... At least the significance of it. It's very clear to me that... Uh, okay, Siri, relax. Uh, it's very serious. Very serious. <laughs> it's very clear to me that uh, he is the... No, now the other thing is doing it. Uh, it is, it's very clear to me <laughs> that he is the master of the song fading out. Right? Like, that's what... Uh, the end of Annihilation, the end of Ex Machina... Well, because if you do that in a movie, usually you're phoning it in. I feel like a lot of times that happens where there's a cliffhanger or there's an ending, and I don't necessarily agree with the decision to do it because it feels more like a cop-out of, like, you were either afraid to annoy or, like, afraid to upset somebody or you didn't actually know how to end it. Whereas I feel like what he does is he has an ending to the story he's telling. The universe isn't done, though. And I, yeah. I think he, I think that's a like the, the fact that he can create this ridiculous, huge universe with all like he master world builder right like all of this stuff going on tell a story within a time like a, a snapshot within that universe and that's 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 fairly complete 
and can have implications for the future. But the story that he's telling is done now. I, I don't know. That's yeah. that's like he's he is awesome. He is up there. It's true. There's there's some movies or shows that end right, and it's like okay, the story's done. But I also don't know how the world continues. Right. And honestly, well, you know, if, say, maybe you're dealing with something that's apocalyptic, that can be okay. Yeah. Um, but if not, that does cause some, like, immersion breaking because the world is breaking. Mm-hmm. It's actually probably something that's a bit of a problem with something like, despite how well it's written, um, I've always had that feeling about Fight Club. Mm. Like, how exactly does the world continue after that? Like, it's going to change, sure, but, like, how does it continue after that? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I we, should, we should do that. We haven't, we haven't done that, right? We didn't do that one at Fight, all, did we? F- I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I definitely, I just went through all of the episodes, and I don't remember an absurd title that somehow hinted at Fight Club. It's true. You did specifically do something <laughs> involving every title in the show. Um, Fight Club is a tough one to do because if there's one thing that's clear in the last 20 years, it's that a lot of people don't get what that movie's about. Yeah. <laughs> and not in like the classical way of, like, let's say, Inception or something mm-hmm. like that, right? There's a lot of people who got the distinctly wrong message from that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so it can be hard to try to undo that. <laughs> all right. Well, well, I'm sure we'll get to it eventually. I mean, I do enjoy the movie. Yeah. It's just it's been. I've honestly, it's, it's been a, a very long time since I watched it. I do remember, like, I, I mean, I don't want to. I don't. I'm not giving any scores. I'm not passing any judgment. I will say that when I watched it, I was like, that was pretty good. I wasn't blown away. I wasn't. I, I think the hype was way too high when I saw it. I saw it years later, and it had been talked up a lot. And then when I saw it, I was like, good, good. Like, yeah, it's, it's solid. But I wasn't like, this is my favorite movie ever. Or like, this is on my list. Like, <laughs> well, I think that's pretty inextricably linked with the point I was trying to make, actually. Maybe. <laughs> it's, <laughs> like, it, it is, it, you know, when you consider who's doing the hyping, mm. um, it's, a, it's a very good movie. Yeah. But it's not, pick your, you know, pantheon movie. M- m- like, it's not The Godfather or... or Whatever you want to pick is like, quote unquote, it's not citizen. I think, whatever it is yeah. that you want to pick, you know what I mean? For sure. For sure. Yeah, all right. So we're watching devs. You're going you're gonna to start listening to the Scrubs podcast. Have you watched anything else? Yes. Anything else since then? Um, I'm, 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 I'm all caught up on Shit's Creek. Okay, good, good. Shit's Creek is, I is didn't realize the most emotional episode has just happened. <laughs> Well, at least until well, next that's week. That's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I didn't realize the finale was next yeah. week. I actually thought it was the week after. I didn't know about this after show they were doing, which is cool. I'm ready to rewatch the entire series. <laughs> well, for me, it was pretty recent when sure. I did that, so. But uh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, and it's so it's funny. Just... And it's just so. I don't know what's the word. It's it, it's innocently funny. It's like they they tackle some real things going on in people's heads and lives in a in in, in caricature style. But there's uh, we've talked about this before. There's like there's no hate in the show, and I just like there's something something special about it. <laughs> it's true. Um, it's kind of like a corollary to 
the idea of like you don't need well two well, two different but sometimes related things right that you know you don't punch down in comedy mm-hmm. and like you don't if you if you have to be insulting if you have to be insulting you're probably not a very good comedian mm-hmm. type of thing or well extended to comedic writer in this point sure. um that this show proves those theorems i think yeah. right because the only couple of times ever that they punch that someone punches down they're not the one getting the laugh it's what comes back oh, around yeah. yeah which is goes to prove that whole thing right like it's like cuz it's not funny to do the thing of like oh you're less whatever mm-hmm. right like you can just use the word less here as a placeholder um what because whatever that happens it ends up whether it be immediately or by the end of the episode it always comes back around to disprove that that notion right well if if entourage is on one end of the spectrum (laughs) this is on the other (laughs) yeah i mean there's the there's been uh setups the whole show through right where it's Oh, these small town folks, this and that, whatever, and then that person or someone in lieu of that person snaps right back, and their burn is always worse. Or the always the worse. only person that comes close to punching down is probably Roland, but in this season only, and in the best way because it's just adorable when he does it. <laughs> well, when did he? Well, when he's he's been making season. fun of Johnny this entire season, but well, the reason it's funny is because he's punching down on someone who is or at least was clearly above right right (laughs) so he's not actually he thinks he's punching down but he is punching up that's that's a good point one of my favorite lines from this season has been uh johnny grabs a cup of coffee that's in a in one of the motel rooms and he goes it's still warm and Roland goes uh yeah global warming i thought a guy like you would have heard about it jeez Oh man, that's just so it's so silly. I, I I just adore it. It's so good. Uh I I watch I'm not proud of this. Um I watched Tiger King. Uh oh it was like one of those things where it was everywhere and because it was everywhere I was like I'm not watching this. And then Netflix was doing that thing where it was just showing me the preview of like whatever was highlighted. So whatever whatever we finished watching, that must have been like the next thing and it was like doing the preview of it. I was like what? I could, because I will say, from everything that I had heard before, I thought this was like a reality show type thing. I didn't realize it was a documentary. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I thought it was like a, that's fair. That makes. I sense. thought that's what what it was, especially from like the, the 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 marketing material and from what people have been saying and doing around it. And I was like, I I was like, absolutely not. And then it played this one thing, and the stuff they were talking about, I was like, I'll, I'll give you one. <laughs> And we watched one episode, and then three later, we're like, "Well, we're halfway in." And uh, it, it's, it's I I've, I've rarely watched something because it's a train wreck and I can't look away. I usually despise those things. I don't find them entertaining in any way. Well, the second half of this episode is gonna be weird. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> this I I was like. It was like morbid curiosity of like, where is this going to go? Everybody is horrible. And while you're watching this, here's what's the crazy part about it. 
there's like these compete these three different angles that they go with these three like main people that are involved with big cats in some way shape or form and they all don't see that they are the same person as the other one that's usually how that yeah. goes yeah uh and they are all three of them clearly running cults and then there's the characters that have fallen into it recognize that other people have fallen victim to it but are also victims <laughs> and i'm like what is happening? This is ridiculous. And I just, I just couldn't. The entire time, my hand, I was just like wide-eyed, and I was like, "This is just, this is just insane." Well, from what I understand, there's there's four particularly bad people, right? And, and there's one three of them- and a, Well, there's 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 way more than four particularly bad people. I would say that there's three people that are highlighted a lot, and then a fourth, maybe third, three and a half, because it comes in towards the end. Well. I was saying, I don't know about like who and when and where. Um, I know the main players. I probably basically don't need to watch the show no. because um, <laughs> the well, no, because like last week, the Levitard show was fascinated with it, and I basically know everything that happened cool. in it because they were just recapping it because there's no sports to talk about. <laughs> Fair. Um. Uh. So. The the one who seems to be possibly the very worst, who has an it seems like has an actual actual cult, is the doctor. Oh yeah, he's terrifying. He's the villain of the show. And I and in a show of all villains to say that, you gotta be pretty bad. <laughs> well so well it's up between him and the person who seems to have maybe possibly killed their husband, so Oh, uh, yeah, allegedly. Uh but yeah, it's pretty. It's Allegedly. pretty convincing. <laughs> I, from what, I, I'm, from, from what I've heard, everyone he left and he's living in Costa Rica. But that's just a story for a different show. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, well, I was gonna say it sounds like from what I'm hearing that people feel the same way about her that they do about OJ and what he did with his mm, wife. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where it's like the evidence strongly suggests that that's what happened, but somehow we haven't been able. to What's prove it. really funny is I just got finished watching. Actually, I don't think the season's over yet, but it's on pause for a minute. Uh, Riverdale, and there was a there's a, been a couple of murders, and there was a character that would repeatedly say the same thing when asked questions about it. Like it was like, re- like it sounded like it was so clearly rehearsed, and they eventually call her out on it and be like, "That's how we kind of figured it out and all this stuff." Uh, the the woman that one hundred percent killed her husband uh, is. <laughs> You see how I turned within this conversation? Uh, is yeah. uh, she she does that in this where she like compl- like she says the same exact thing verbatim multiple times in multiple interviews at different time like different years. I'm like, you totally did it, like, <laughs> or you're involved in that some is, way. Yeah, that is uh, that's uh, it. Could even be one of those things, right? Where maybe she didn't kill him, but she definitely. Hid the body via tiger, <laughs> right? Yeah, that, probably. Like maybe it was an accident. Oh, and you covered it up. It doesn't sound like it was an accident. It, it sounds like it was very obvious that that would have been the case. Also, there was a really funny thing where they they're interviewing like the the head investigator of that, and you know, y- you think you can trust him for a minute, and in one final shot, whoever the, first off, whoever did this and cut this together, just master editor. Like it's it's. They did a great job because it's like some of the stuff they do and some of the things like they hint at is it's just great. So he's starting to say things where it's like it feels like he didn't look that far into it. 
And then in one final shot, they just, of them interviewing him, they just pulled the camera wide and off to his left is a table with like a tiger holding the glass up. And I'm like, oh my God, is he involved? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. Crazy. I was say. It sounds like all of them are... I remember, actually, I think I was reading... Since, like I said, I basically knew the whole show. Um, I read that the Ringer did, like, the, the one of their exit surveys. Did you read no. that one? And I think some... Like, one of the questions was, like... Was, like, which person's accounts sounded most trustworthy? And one of them just... The response was just, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, I don't remember his name, but the man with no legs, he seems to be the one that you can trust. Well, that's the only thing I've seen pretty consistent. I think he was one that they mentioned in particular, but basically the three people who worked at the zoo is the only people that are like, basically like people are like, yeah, they're the only ones that are remotely like sympathetic, like humans, like where it's like, okay, those two or three people might not be the worst people right. in the world, but everyone. Well, and that, and definitely the one girl that got out of Doc's cult. <laughs> that they interviewed okay, for not um, I, not nearly enough time because <laughs> is that is that the one who lost her arm? Or? No, no, that's not, that that one that one worked uh, at Joe's place and is still seems to be part okay. of the cult. <laughs> Again, ah. multiple cults. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the last thing I will say about this show is, at a time where you can't really go outside and be around people, watch this because it'll make you not want to. <laughs> 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 we got done with the third episode. I was like, well, I don't want to go outside anymore. <laughs> uh, it was it was crazy. Uh, you know what this, this whole show has taught what's me? What's that? That roadside zoos are a thing. Mm. Mm. Wasn't aware of the phenomenon of, hey, I'm driving down the road. Hey, look, tigers. A zoo. <laughs> was not aware that was a thing. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I've, I went to one zoo that way. Like, like, was I mean, going like, somewhere, and it was like, all right, <laughs> let's go to let's let's go to the Bronx Zoo, let's go to the San Diego Zoo, let's go to Zoo Miami. Like, they're Staten Island Zoo on Wednesday. Free? There, yeah, like <laughs> there are zoos, but I was not aware of the phenomenon of a fly-by-night roadside zoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, two other things that I've watched. One, uh, I I think we've probably talked about on the show before. Brian got me into him. I'm a big fan of Tom Segura. I think his stand-up is really, really funny. Uh, he's got a new one on Netflix, so I was like, yes! Like, this is what I... I need his ridiculous humor right now. I was very disappointed. It just wasn't... It wasn't the way that he normally does. He does a... he One of his stand-ups, I'm pretty sure, is called, like, Mostly Stories. And that's his, like, that when he's telling stories, the way that he tells them, it's very good. John Mulaney, great storyteller. Was, was this one called Disappointing Lack This one of stories, was called or? Ball Hog, um, which you will come to find he's referring to his mother. And it's a lot of jokes like that um, that are just, like, aimed to make you uncomfortable. And it's, like, one or two, it's funny. But, like, I feel like a third to maybe maybe two-thirds of the of the entire show were like aimed that way to be like so outlandish <laughs> that you're uncomfortable and so like, that's not really it's not really that funny it's not that clever it just sounds after a while like i'm i have no problem with cursing or vulgarity in a comedy show but when it's just vulgar for the sake of being vulgar it's not actually funny and that's yeah. where that that this particular one seemed to go 
but uh but then i watched him uh on first we feast with uh sean evans and they were doing a challenge of which is better shake shack or in and out and it was that that actually made up for the stand-up that i just watched (laughs) because that was really funny (laughs) also nick offerman on hot ones tremendous I don't remember if I saw that one. I might have seen a little clip. There's only a couple that I watched all the way through, um, and I haven't seen any of them in a while. Yeah, that's that, that's just silly. Um, and then the last thing here is just like it's a short. It's like I think it was 15 minutes, maybe maybe 10 minutes. Uh, I sent it to you this morning. I'm not sure if you got a chance to watch it. Oh no, I, that was the one thing I forgot I was gonna do before we got started, and then I got distracted doing something else and i completely forgot. somebody put together an animation with a voiceover explaining the supposedly leaked colin trevorrow script for episode nine the way that it's done is so great and it's like it, it because it's uh it's very it's just very very sarcastically done and very funny uh it just which masks the fact that when it ends you go i mean I, again i enjoyed nine do I think it's the best? No. Uh, do I think it could have been done better? A hundred percent. But <laughs> when I when this ended, I was like, oh, even as a ten minute sarcastic short, it's like way better. Like story wise, <laughs> like story wise, it it just jives with what else they did. Like it makes more sense. <laughs> and it and uh it's worth i think it's worth the watch i think i think you should do this so there's two things to look up there's that there's the the animated version of the trevor script and somebody recreated the fight scene in a new hope between obi-wan and darth vader and made it super intense and fast and like i don't know how they did it it's amazing <laughs> i will try to find a link so that we can attach it to the show but it's so good so good I will. It's. I, Be curious to it, see that. I, I actually did want to watch another thing. I was just way too busy at work today, and um, even if I had wanted to fire it up while driving, I couldn't. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, do you have anything else before we drive into fun and games? Um, yes, I'm going to read something very quickly. We're going to restrict ourselves to like 90 seconds or so, so we don't blow through, because we were doing pretty good on time before this. <laughs> Mandalorian. Jamie Lee Curtis rumored to join season two. Huh. The latest Mandalorian Season 2 rumor suggests Jamie Lee Curtis is the latest addition. She's, uh... Re- they're returning with a new batch of episodes this October, assuming that they're finished working on it, because I... I'm, it seems like they've finished most of the show right. already, but I don't know. Um, there's already a great deal of excitement surrounding Season 2 due to shows. Various mysteries, including Baby Yoda's backstory, Moff Gideon's possession of the Darksaber. They're generating more hype by bringing in some fresh faces. Um, we mentioned Rosario Dawson. We mentioned Michael Bean. Um, sorry, the, the thing just decided to break up the article completely. According to and the giant Star Wars, ad. For- <laughs> yeah. According to Making Star Wars, Jamie Lee Curtis has a role in The Mandalorian Season 2. However, it's worth mentioning that effect outlet classifies this strictly as a rumor mm. their main evidence being curtis was quote at the location for the filming of the show while season two was in production um it's possible that she was uh another possibility given is curtis is involved with jane cameron's um, uh, avatar 2 which was shooting around the same area as the mandalorian they made a habit of keeping secrets from viewers they shot the entirety of season one without anyone leaking Baby Yoda's existence, mm. and the news about Rosario and Bean broke after season two. After season two had wrapped production, keeping in mind that this is a rumor, meaning one should keep the grains of salt handy. 
It certainly wouldn't be the biggest shock if Curtis was a late addition to the cast. Um, conversely, Curtis has worked with Cameron in True Lies. Um, it also makes sense if she had a role in Avatar 2. Um, this doesn't have... Uh, maybe I, I had actually seen a different story in, than this. I don't remember where it was now. Um, what they were citing was... They were saying, yes... Other people have showed up on the cast of The Mandalorian, and, and anything that's being made, but have showed up in The Mandalorian and weren't either directing or writing or mm. in it. Like, George Lucas showed up to the set multiple times. He never had any official involvement. But the point was, Curtis was supposedly spotted on multiple different days right. around. Right. Uh, it wasn't just one day. like Because, like, Ryan Johnson didn't work on The Mandalorian at all, but he showed up for a whole day on the set. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Apparently, she was spotted multiple days. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, whatever. When that comes out, I'm, I'll be very excited for it. I do. In you reading that, completely forgot about the fact that Baby Yoda was completely hidden from us until the very end of the first episode. And that reveal was insane. <laughs> it yes. was really good. Oh, man. I kind of want to watch The Mandalorian again. I, <laughs> well, I have, have time. time. If you want me to take a dump in a box and mark it guaranteed, I'll do it. I've got spare time. <laughs> That's a Tommy Boy reference. I do not recall that. <laughs> What's That's that? a Tommy Boy reference. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what they sold you is a guaranteed piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That, that movie. Tremendous. Fun and games? Oh, I forgot about fun and games. Which you would think I would stop forgetting. Especially since they like, just said it before this. <laughs> The thing is, I forgot that. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Which classic sci-fi character are you? I tried to find something along the lines of which sci-fi horror movie are you? But nobody made that quiz. Uh, what is your all-time favorite sci-fi movie? Star Wars, Alien, The Matrix, Avatar. Uh, I know. I was just moving on to the second question. I just read it for posterity. Which of these <laughs> categories are you most interested in? Space travel, alien invasion, time travel, robot fiction? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, space travel. Robot fiction? Why Why not robots? <laughs> why robot fiction? <laughs> you know, because of the non-fiction right. ones. What would you do if you encountered an alien? Kill it on sight? Take it as a prisoner? Find out what its goal is? Try to communicate with it? Try to communicate. Yeah, the other three are a little aggressive. If I don't. Right. Would you voluntarily go on a trip to an unknown planet? I think that I would. Yes. Heck no, I'm not sure. Heck no. What would your role be on the ship? The commander, the flight engineer, the mission specialist, the scientist cosmonaut. <laughs> Wait, were scientists and cosmonaut the same? Same answer. <laughs> we go with mis- mission specialist. Okay. What type of weapon would you take with you? <laughs> my army, my mind, my gun. <laughs> My bare hands. I wish it said my mitts. <laughs> put them up. Put them up. Uh, because we're apparently now. No, that it's it's boxers. the best uh, scene from Sin City is when he's getting together all the tools for the job, and he goes my mitts, and the camera is just on his two ha- open hands. <laughs> <laughs> Bar- what is it? Barbed wire, gasoline, my Am mitts. I- <laughs> It might be his best role, as ridiculous as that sounds. <laughs> Alright, which type of weapon are you taking um, with you? I don't know, I guess gun. Okay. Alright, ready? This yes. is not the answer yet. 
You're assigned to a mission that will probably cost you your life. What do you do? Jesus. Request additional help. I'm not going down on my own. Get someone else to do it. Proceed with the mission. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know. I guess proceed. I like that there's a very clear cop-out answer. I don't know. What do you do? That's basically On what that is. On multiple ones of these. Are you a leader or a follower? The fact that there's four options to this answer is ridiculous. Leader. Follower. <laughs> a bit of both. I do my own thing. I don't like this, but I'm going to go with a bit of okay. both. It's all contextual, sure. man. What are you fighting for? Supreme power, enlightenment, peace, salvation of the human race. It's weird to be fighting for peace. Right. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Also, I'm really disappointed that unlimited power wasn't the option. Yeah, um, a two on the nose. But I'm gonna go with yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, salvation of humanity or whatever. All right, I was gonna go with enlightenment. Which of these spaceships would you like to own? Star destroyers, USCSS Nostromo. The Nostromo that was alien. okay. Uh, engineer ship, USS Enterprise NCC seventeen oh one. With that was all yes. one option. I don't know. That was the specific designation of the Enterprise. Um, Star Destroyers, I guess? Traveling for the human race in your Star Destroyer. Got it. How do you prefer (laughs) to travel? By plane, on foot, by boat, by train slash car? Why are those two... Yeah, I'm a little confused. Um, I guess car and train. I, uh, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know how many questions this quiz is, but it's still going. Which planet would... It's already surprisingly Right? Lost. Which planet would you... Like, it almost seems like they're actually going to be really doing some sort of ridiculous matrix on the back end to decide, like... I don't even remember. What were we doing? Oh, which sci-fi character are you? <laughs> <laughs> which planet would you consider moving to? Mars, Mercury, Venus, or Jupiter? Mars is the only option that's uh, even an option. Right. Do you trust technology? I trust no one and nothing. I have my concerns. No. Yes. <laughs> I have my concerns. <laughs> safe. What kind of character would you be? The villain, the unexpected hero, the sidekick, the bad guy who changed his ways? <laughs> Wait, first of all, I'm going to need you to repeat those. But first, isn't the whole point of this quiz to find out which of these yes. I am? Are they going to really go through the whole matrix just to... Uh, uh, have me tell, give tell it them. away here. Yeah. Sorry, what were the options the again? The villain, the unexpected hero, the sidekick, the bad guy who changed his ways. The unexpected hero. Okay. Do you have a partner in crime? I don't need one. I had one. No. Yes. I had one? That's the darkest question that we've had so far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with yes. Is it me? If you could have a superpower... What would it be? Telekinesis, flight, super strength, shape shifting. Super strength. How do people describe you? Cunning, strong, opportunistic, or intelligent? Strong? When you're not kicking butt, you are planning my next big idea, relaxing, studying, or training. Training. Hang on one second. I this is insane. I just I just got a glimpse of the scroll bar. Oh, okay. We're we're get we're getting there. Whew. In high school, we're you were voted there. most likely to become president. Mo- this better be worth it. <laughs> most likely to become president, most athletic, most likely to become a millionaire, most likely to get beaten up in college. It's <laughs> uh, amazing. In the yearbook superlatives, I did get best build, so let's go with right, athletic. Nice. 
Which of these things do you need to work on? My aggression, my tardiness, my selfishness, my communication skills. My tardiness. On a scale of 1 to 10, how brave are you? There's only four options. 10, 6, 8, 4. <laughs> I feel like there should be 10. Uh, maybe even 11 if you want to give a zero. Um, but you said 10, 8, 6, yeah. 4? Let's go with 6. Okay. What would you do if you found out that your best friend has betrayed you? Get them back, beat them up, never speak to them again, forgive them, but never forget. Probably never speak to them okay. again. All right. I guess it depends on the level of betrayal we're talking here. Violence is only appropriate. Yes, very much so. <laughs> Violence is only appropriate, dot, dot, dot. Whenever I feel like it, when saving someone's life to defend yourself, it is never appropriate. Like Nothing goes over my head. I work. would catch it. <laughs> um, go to defend myself. If you were to die, how would you go out? One-on-one fight? Shot in the chest? Stabbed in the back? I don't know, but I hope that it's epic. <laughs> Probably stabbed in the back. Jesus! Dark peak behind <laughs> the curtain. Which of these video game consoles did you or do you own? PlayStation, Nintendo. Well, it wasn't. Hang on, it wasn't asking me how I wanted to go. Right, it's how I thought I was going to go. If you were to die, how would you go out? Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was like, you, you, you know, oh, if you were a sci-fi character in a movie, how do you gotcha. think you well, would you, die? Well, you've Not made like, your bed. You... So, which of these video game consoles do you own? I'm just going to select Xbox, because I know you got one of those. Which DC villain is your arch nemesis? Lex Luthor, Darkseid, Sinestro, or Brainiac? I don't know. Um, Lex Luthor. Okay. What would you dress up for as Comic-Con? What? what would you dress up as for Comic-Con? <laughs> I just switched the words around. <laughs> The Hulk, Wonder Woman, Iron Man, the Queen of Hearts. <laughs> Let's go with Wonder Hulk. Woman. Which of these movies are you most excited about seeing? Fantastic Four. Gre- when did this quiz come out? <laughs> That's a good question. Battlefield Earth, Fantastic Four, Green Lantern, or Sharknado? Battlefield Earth? Sorry, Battlefield Earth, Hulk, Fantastic Four. Or sorry, Battlefield Earth, Fantastic Four, and what other? What uh, Sharknado or the Green Lantern? Ugh, I don't want to see any yeah. of those. Um, wait, what, sorry, what was the first Battlefield one? Battlefield Earth. No, no, what was the second Fantastic one? Four. Uh, I guess that one. All right. Which one of these famous movie quotes would you say to someone? The longing you seek is not behind you. It is in front of you. Arrogance and... F- <laughs> what was that from? Oh, that was, that was Star Wars, right? That was, uh, that was Moscow. Uh, I don't, I honestly don't know. Arrogance and fear still keep you from learning the simplest lesson of all. It's not about you. Live long and prosper. They mostly come at night. Dot, dot, dot. Mostly. Uh, Let's go with the second one. What is your favorite color combination? Black on black, green and blue, blue and red, yellow and black. Black on black. black. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here we go. Which classic sci-fi character are you, Al? Uh, You want to give me a guess before I do unveil? I feel there's so many options. Like, too many options. I have, I have no You're idea. You're not going to get it. Give me a hint. Oh, I'm not going to get, get it. it. Give me a hint. Um, uh, there are, I don't know, somewhere between four and six movies in this universe. Four, maybe four uh, and eight there's movies. Somewhere... There's more than four movies in this universe. <laughs> is it from the Aliens? It is. 
You said I'm not going to get it, so is it not Ripley? It's, it's Ellen Ripley. Uh, you are Ellen Ripley. Like this <laughs> badass alien fighter officer, you are brave and strong. You also know how to keep your cool when facing tough decisions. People often look to you for inspiration, and you are a role model to many. Although you come across as a heartless person, you are far from it. Once you have a job to complete, you show up and get it done without complaining. You know, some of that applies... I- Made it pretty clear that I was on the lower end of bravery. Spectrum, so <laughs> that that doesn't apply. Um, that being said, I am noticing lately that the last part of that definitely applies to me and my new job. <laughs> There's a lot of me having to show up and do a lot of shit and me not. Complaining, so. <laughs> oh, man, that was the longest one we've done. And I, I just like what? I don't think it's even, it's even close. What? Like, what was happening in that decision-making process. See, my immediately, like, I jumped to, like, are we just going to go with Black on Black makes me Darth right, Vader? Right, Or, like, and, like, Black on Black plus Star Destroyer equals Right. Vader. How many... Even how many actual options are there behind the scenes of this quiz? You know? Well, that's why you're, like, take a guess, and I'm like, there's probably 50 different could, characters could, this could, could be. It could be anything. <laughs> could be a boat. I uh, did... <laughs> I've actually been there, watching Family Guy there's, the a, time there's a link underneath it that says retake quiz. No! God, <laughs> never yes. again. Also, play.howstuffworks.com. We're done with you. That was entirely too long for this segment of the show. <laughs> with that, let us get into our flick of the week. Event Horizon, released in 1997, rated R at an hour and 36 minutes. A rescue crew of rescue. This is the thing with the letters again. A rescue crew investigates a spaceship that disappeared into a black hole and has now returned with someone or something new on board. I don't know that that's entirely accurate, uh, but regardless, there's something. Uh, uh, I my my tweet length review this week is written kind of like a synopsis. <laughs> Uh, which I would like to share with you now. Paul W.S. Anderson presents Hell in Space, where Grant, Alfred, Lucius, and Morpheus have an epic 90s romp through space when an experimental ship thought long lost returns abandoned, but not alone. Four out of ten. I, the... (laughs) Did you say Alfred? Yeah, so the guy that plays Alfred in Gotham is Mr. Smith. Oh, yeah, actually, I did see that when I looked him up, because he seemed familiar to me, but I don't, I didn't watch Gotham, so I don't Here's the important part of that, of that tweet length of view. A portion of it is stolen from the trailer. The trailer says, it came back abandoned, but it didn't come back alone. (laughs) I was like, that doesn't make sense. (laughs) If if it said, or did it, that would have made sense. <laughs> yes, I love terrible taglines. Um, that's one of my favorite little things that they do in Cinephobe. Mm. They read all the t- taglines, basically rate like whether it's good and, and whether it applies. You know yeah. what I mean? Like uh, that's yeah. a good that's a good idea. Uh, okay, that's, that's a pretty good one. Oh, we should actually. I was thinking, especially when we do older movies, I should pull up the trailer to play because we're talking. We're right now for the past couple of weeks, we've been in we've been in like the depths. Where like the movie man is still doing the trailer, like the inner world guy, <laughs> like he's doing the trailer, <laughs> and nice. it's it's tremendous. Uh, the funny thing about this movie is this is a movie I've seen referenced 
a million Same. times in movie Which articles. is why I watched it. Makes mm-hmm. sense. It was deep on my list of things to watch eventually. I so the 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 the, the ridiculous um like well kept and well regarded not very well regarded Al's list of things to watch. <laughs> That was deep on the list, but, but it is on there somewhere. I will say, uh, uh, to, to clarify the circumstances in which this movie came up, I this was uh, when this whole virus thing was a little bit curious. We didn't really know what was going on. We were starting to be asked to stay home, but uh, not fully being asked to stay home. And it was very clear to me that in a week, it wasn't getting better, and I was probably going to have to cancel my trip. So I canceled my flights. And I, well, I tried to cancel my flights and it didn't work. There was the option says, call this number to do it because you can't do it through the site right now. And I was like, okay, fine. Tried to call the number. The number basically acts as disconnected because it's so jammed that it just gives you the eh, eh, eh when you dial it. So, well, everyone's trying sure, to do the same thing 100%. you were. So. Uh, so then I joined the, I did the whole chat thing, right? Where you go online, hit the chat button, you get in the queue. I was number 987. I got down in the queue oh. to about 30-something and was kicked off. The The system just <laughs> kicked me out. Uh, that was earlier in the day. Then I was like, ate dinner, was frustrated. I'm going to try one more time, see if I can get in. Because sometimes I couldn't even get in the queue. Got in the queue. I was 337. I was like, okay. Um, from, what I, from what I know... We've got about three and a half to four hours ahead of us. <laughs> uh, I'm going to keep this open and see if that if it's fairly consistent in how the numbers are ticking away. And uh, and you know, and I'll get to the bottom of this because I'd like to wrap this up because I don't know, like I don't want to get too close to my flight to actually, you know, to miss doing it, whatever. So I go to do that, and uh, so what do I do? Right, I've got time to kill. It's late. I I start scrolling through Netflix. I stumbled across one of the categories on there that says movies from the 90s. And I was like, oh, why doesn't this just say movies for Anthony? And then I started flipping through that. <laughs> and Event Horizon was on there. I was like, all right, all right. And it was like an hour. And I'm pretty sure it was more than that when it was listed. I thought it was like an hour 40 something. But regardless, I was like, no, I, th- I think it's an hour 30. That's what, yeah, that's what it says here. Okay. So it was like, that's, that's reasonable. Uh, by then, I will be able to make the call on whether or not I am sticking with this tonight or not. Uh, so I watched the movie. Uh, it was a tough thing to get through on a Friday night when I was very tired and it was just trying to stay awake to keep in this chat. The movie ended. I still had about 120 people in front of me. I started a stand-up special. I got into the 30s again and got kicked out at 3.30 in the morning and went to sleep. Bitter and cold. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and probably more angry at this movie than I would have normally been. But it's it's not good. Uh, I understand the cult following. Uh, like it's it's ridiculous. On that note, let me give my <laughs> okay. A movie so ridiculous that it can't quote unquote actually be scary with a cast way better than the script and direction mm-hmm. deserved. It's a movie that's so bad it's almost good. Okay, I'm glad that you said that. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a little bit of a pass after I dug deep into the trivia section of IMDb on this movie. Oh, I'm curious. Right, you ready for this? From green light to completion, ten months Why? because they were rushing it to get to get into the to get it out so that they can make money. So here's the deal. Oh, from from green light to completion. Yeah, it's that's, in, quick, that's insane. Uh, uh, so 
a little uh, fun fact. I didn't know any of this information beforehand. So I didn't realize, I knew, I knew that recognized the name Paul W.S. Anderson, but I couldn't place him as like what he's done. Uh, coming off the heels of Mortal Kombat, which was tremendously successful considering it cost 18 million and earned 122. I, uh, they, he was basically like people were going to let him do what he wanted to do. And he wanted to do this. I love that we live in a world where the movie Mortal Kombat gave a director. Right, right. hundred percent. It's great. It's so good. <laughs> so he actually, he wanted, this is the project that he wanted to end. He ended up wanting to do. The studio was going to let him make it. They were supposedly going to let him make it his way. And then obviously they started to interfere and it got a little bit crazy. Uh, and it got rushed and all this stuff. I, uh, he turns down Annihilation to do this. So the second Mortal, uh, Mortal Kombat 2. Not, not the Alex Garland joint. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure that Jeff Vandermeer wrote those books like eight years ago. Uh, dude. <laughs> turns out Mortal Kombat Annihilation to do this. Um, then this movie proceeds to cost $60 million and only make 26 So really went the other way here. Um, it does sound like studio meddling was a little bit rough towards the end. Some more interesting facts. Uh, at the first pass at the MPA, it was given the NC-17 rating. <laughs> so they had to they had to make some changes to that. The studio kept pushing I, him. I bet I bet that. <laughs> sorry, I can I can see where that would happen because I actually kind of like this movie. Like it's a bad yeah, oh, movie. Yeah. Like let there not be any question. But I found it entertaining. Like I was laughing mm-hmm. a lot. Even though it's a horror movie, not a horror no, comedy, no. Uh, I found myself laughing. At no, it's, it's a amount. solid B movie, but it it was executed like not a B movie. Like <laughs> the the there's really one specific scene though that I could have done without, and it's when they watched the log footage. Yeah, yeah, the sodomy. I could have done with not seeing. What yeah, was going yeah, on there. yeah, for sure. No, I'm with you. I'm 100 percent with you. I could have done without seeing the movie Guys, as a whole. Brief spoiler. Brief spoiler. Uh, I mean, is it though? The movie came out in '97, so it's on you. Um, it's on Netflix, I, readily available. I really didn't need to see. <laughs> I really didn't need to see someone's arm shoulder deep down someone's right. throat. I just didn't. Yeah, need there's to see someone's that. arm deep down someone's throat and somebody else being piped. Uh, the. <laughs> The, so NC-17, obviously they had to work through some stuff to get that down to R. The studio was pushing for him to get it to a PG-13 place. And he was like, <laughs> his response to that was impossible <laughs> with what we've done because of how much they had already done. So that's that's crazy. That's really silly. Uh, here's something. You ready for this? So this movie cost a lot of money, right? The rotation shot, this is directly from IMDb, the rotation shot of the space station over Earth took nearly a third of the film's visual effects budget. <laughs> what? That would explain, though, why there was some wildly different quality in effects. Uh, I, there was something that didn't quite sit right with me when they got onto the ship. I mean, most of this didn't, but... Uh, the there's a line about like everything being frozen, and I this this actually also popped up on the IMDb under bloopers, which I think is kind of funny. Uh, everything's frozen, and then like basically in the same breath, there's a water bottle floating in zero gravity with water in it. <laughs> 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 oh, so tremendous! And uh, one last bit of trivia here. Uh, for the, his final scenes, Sam Neill would come to the studio at 3... Again, all from IMDb. Would come to the th- studio at 3 a.m. so that he could spend seven 
to eight hours in makeup. Could you imagine? Well, based on what he was wearing in that final scene, no, yes. Yeah. Because um, I have heard, like, what's his name? Um, Dave Bautista, like, the amount of time it takes for him to put all that stuff on him for Guardians. Um, like, David Harbour talking about doing Oh, yeah. Way. A couple, a couple of the other, like, when they were doing um, Michael Chiklis for Fantastic Four, like, all those, like, it was, like, six, seven hours to to be ready to shoot every day. I'm like, man, you gotta be like, so we can do this all in one right? day, right? Because I don't know how many days I can do this. <laughs> or do you just, like, sleep in it? <laughs> I'm just gonna stay on set. <sighs> Suspend me in the air. Well, there was also something that I came across where their, their suits weighed about 60 pounds, and they couldn't uh, it wasn't easy like to bend or move or sit, so they had like these harnesses on stage or on set that they could like strap into to relax in between takes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like those like things that they put babies in in doorways yes. where they can bounce yes. up and down. <laughs> exactly. And then I was like, well, where's the where's the cut of the movie where they're just in those? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this movie's. Wild. Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to point out that... Uh, is this... I, I don't know if this is the first one. But it feels like it might be one of the early ones where we did the whole... Here's, like, you know, light speed. And then the one person goes, you can't do that. And then the other person folds a piece of paper in half and drives a pen through it. This has been done <laughs> to death in every space travel movie mechanic for the past like 30 years <laughs> yeah it's a pretty common one it's been something that i think mathematicians and scientists have tried to prove or disprove for quite some time it's rarely um, explained with porn though it, wait, it's rarely explained with porn <laughs> <laughs> i forgot the magazine he grabbed was porn you're right <laughs> um <laughs> What's your grade for this movie? Four. I'm going four. Okay. I went with 5.5. Okay. okay. That's Honestly, that's that's fair. I mean, like, I would probably watch it again as a joke with somebody so that I could laugh through parts of it. Watching it on your own, was, was it's rough. It's rough. There's no one to joke about. Yeah, well, the, the... There's no one What's to that? joke with about it. There's no one... It's just... It's... Well, my, my big mistake was I was exhausted when I finished this movie. Dude. And it was Same. late and I went right to bed. <laughs> oh, I didn't go right to bed. I didn't go right to bed. But uh, I did have some nightmares. And, well, that's what I'm saying. The last, like, 20 minutes was like, oh, I probably should have watched this when I was, like, it was more like 8 o'clock, not 10.30, and I'm past my mm-hmm. bedtime. <laughs> the premise is absurd, though. And, like, it... Oh, really? A spaceship goes to hell? Well, that's, like, that's, 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 uh, that's, that's the thing, right? Is the fact that it goes to, <laughs> it goes to hell somewhere in Neptune. And, I, it, well, around. Well, at the end, I'm pretty sure it goes into <laughs> Neptune. <laughs> Which I just believe that under the clouds there is hell. That's where we find hell. Satan's just hanging out down there. Gates of hell via, via Neptune, Neptune, yeah. Uh, so you have this hell dimension, right? You have this. You have, you know, your your classic, uh, well, I, I don't know, what, what was it about uh, putting things that look like liquid vertically and then having somebody touch it in the 90s? Like, that was a thing. 
Like they, the, the the orb opens up and black liquid, and one of the astronauts touches it with his fingers and goes, "Ooh, gross!" And in the Matrix, the mirror turns to liquid, and Neo touches it and goes, "Ooh, gross!" And and in both situations, the thing in one of them, the guy gets pulled into it, and the other one, it gets pulled around the guy. <laughs> the same scene. See, my thought was more: Why do we have an action, another action horror movie in the late nineties? surrounding hell because that was also a thing around then this end of days oh my god i feel like there was a couple other things why we not all right first off we were talking before the show about putting a list together of things that we're gonna watch Uh, end of days is 100% gonna have to be on this list (laughs) it's been way too long you were you were obsessed obsessed with that movie i was we were also too young well i never i've to this day i've never seen the movie i've literally seen like four minutes of that movie um and that was actually fairly recently. I turned the TV on, it was on, and I just stuck uh, around. You're for in for quite minutes. the ending. But, I, re- I mean, obviously, it was a Schwarzenegger movie that came out while you were physically a Schwarzenegger yeah. fan. Fan- so fanboy would be appropriate. <laughs> fanboy what? would be appropriate. I was obsessed with Schwarzenegger. <laughs> the point was... At that stage in your life, you were a fan of his catalog. It was a movie that came out at the height of right. your fandom. With it's him funny that you it, say catalog so. because it was around that time that Uncle John gave me a copy of uh, like Muscle and Fitness that he was like the cover of. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, I remember how obsessed you were with that movie. Uh, he was approached to was be in this to. movie. He was approached what? to be in Event Horizon. <laughs> Yeah, was there's really? a list of, char- of people that were approached to be including him and Bruce Willis that I was like, oh, this could have been a completely different but entirely the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that I already in my tweet length review mentioned that this cast was too good mm-hmm. for this movie and they approached people even better than the cast we got. <laughs> and I've mm-hmm. killed Anthony. Mm-hmm. He's choking to death on the water. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, boy. Uh, so... I have to say, I have to say, on on the note of the cast, since we're yeah. kind of jumping around a little bit, we're not worrying about veils and spoilers. There was a scene where I was like, you know what, this could have been a wildly different, I'll say, quote unquote, better in the sense of quality movie. The scene when Lawrence Fishburne and Jason Isaacs are sitting together, and Lawrence Fishburne like bears his soul about, you know, the moment in his yeah. past where crewmates died, and he probably. It was a legitimately really good oh. scene with two really good actors. Yeah, no, there's there is actually decent acting in the movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the cast is way too good for this. Like, and that, that's not the only thing. Some of the other stuff was was way too campy. Um, but kind of by design, I think it was. You know, it's times where good actors are realizing they're above the material, and they're like, "I'm gonna turn this knob to 11 <laughs> now." Specifically, that's Sam Neill. Yeah. Um, and there's I'm something not about he didn't actually claw his own eyes out. there's something about actors from the uk and i think we've talked about it in the past on this show i know it's something i've talked about with people elsewhere you know british actors and actresses in order to get like famous in america they go through a very different process than american actors and actresses that process is you have to be good at your Mm. job as opposed to in America where you just have to look good and be able to string two words together <laughs> coherently. And sometimes not even that. So when we get a famous British actor or actress in the U.S., it's because they've gone for years through like 
learning it how to do acting in school, working on Broadway for years. They can usually, like, sing and dance, mm-hmm. too, like, better than your average person can. And so, anytime you get, like, a British villain, like, whatever, like oh, why do, like, British people always play villains, right? Because they're good actors, they can make the terrible person seem sympathetic, mm-hmm. right? You have to be of a certain caliber of actor to do that. It also means that when they're in bad movies, they go way over the top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I love it every uh-huh. single time. I was cracking up at Sam Neill going nuts once he went fully off the yeah. reservation. Um, it, like, later in this movie. But there were legitimate, like, scenes. Like, the when he's reliving his, like, worst moment. It was actually, like, him being a pretty mm-hmm. good actor, right? Where he's watching his wife kill yeah. herself. Intense scene. Um, in, like, seconds before he claws his eye, eyes out, right? Um, but the the real scene where he's watching that, it was intense. It was, it was well acted. That scene between Jason Isaacs and Lars Fishburne, both very good actors, both killing it in that scene. And, and in that moment, I was like, have I fallen asleep and I'm now watching some other movie with two of the same actors right. in it? Because it was a legitimately really good scene. And then, like, probably right after that, someone was getting flayed to death or something. And I was like, what? The problem, <laughs> like, you got this ridiculous movie with this absurd script. And what you deserve is Lawrence Fishburne in the third John Wick movie. But what you're getting is Lawrence Fishburne in The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the ship's called the Lewis and Clark. I mean, that's really all you needed to, to know where this was, like how, like what we were gonna do as far as puns and things being set up for this movie. <laughs> I'm really like confused. I always like when there is some thought given to the naming of ships, whether it be more old school things or if it's in like a sci-fi mm. thing, like the SS Minnow Johnson, like. <laughs> <laughs> And what is the name of their yacht? <laughs> I always love when there's attention to detail to that, whether it be pointing out some bit of characterization, some bit of history in the world that we're inhabiting mm. there. Um, or if you have something that's on a bigger scale, right? Where, like, you can see the, the coherence in, within that sort of thing, like, I'll take, for instance, you know, despite how many times I've brought it up in the show, like something like Mass Effect, they give an explanation as to why different classes of ships are named right. things, right? And within a class, they're all named similarly. I appreciate that sort of attention to detail and that yeah. sort of thing. But I also like when it's something when, like, oh, maybe everyone names their ships like super personal to them or something like that. Like, it was a moment in my past or someone we aspire to or a thing that was important, right? Like, I- I'm good with all those things, too. I was very confused at the naming system in this movie. One, why would you ever name a ship Event Horizon? Mm-hmm. Any of them. Because one of two things is happening there. One, you're an asshole and you named your ship a terrible thing. Or two, you've given away the whole plot of your movie. <laughs> and this one is 98% option two, right? <laughs> This ship, yep. the other ship, the Lewis and yeah, one, no, you're right, you're right. <laughs> the other, the other ship, the Lewis and Clark. This wasn't like you would name the USS Enterprise something like the Lewis mm. and Clark, right? We go out and explore the vast unknown. Mm. That's not what this ship no. was. 
No. They're, I guess, a search and rescue. I don't know. It, it's like, very, it's very clear that they were on leave and called in to do this. So there's some sort of military. I. Uh, they're like quasi-military. They weren't even like because they the officers had ranks and then everyone else right. didn't. But like they seemed. I'm guessing they probably were all ex-military, but they seemed like. They were civilian. No, they were they were some form Actually. of military because they were forced to go on this mission out of their whatever their their leave was. No, but that could have been their. Oh, company, I guess that's though. true. It, I got the yeah. I guess that's true. I got more of the vibe that it was some form of military. Uh, this is this is completely well, they, they, unnecessary. This conversation. <laughs> sure. Well, I thought the first part of it. Oh yeah, that was good. Was, that was good. Kind of necessary because it's stuck in my crawl. Uh, bit, I. You know what my favorite scene is though is when they walk onto the event horizon and one character is like, "What are these?" And this other guy is like, "Those are the bombs that we're gonna blow up at the end of the movie." And then they moved on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean Chekhov's safety device bomb? Like, <laughs> oh man, just it's like. Check out the emergency forget, protocol. That's what sometime in the next 47 minutes, explosions. That's what you're going to get. <laughs> that's that's pretty much the whole movie, right? Um, <laughs> the, the, no, there's, a, there's more we can talk the, about. The, the torment scenes were absurd. The The one that was very unsettling was the, the, the woman whose son has some sort of terminal illness, and when she gets like the flashes of him, he's got like zombie legs. Like, I, like it, that was really creepy. I was confused. Yeah, me too. Um, but I was also confused by the majority of what was going on. Uh, the Lawrence Fishburne's character with the the guy that got burned up, like that whole thing, made sense. Um, yep. Him being tormented, and he actually seemed very tormented by this whole. Yeah, I think he was actually tormented on set. I got that vibe <laughs> as well. Um, there's a scene, a character. I I, I don't fully I. I don't know if I looked away or I got lost for a minute, but in the uh, in the floating orb room where where the Hellgate is, <laughs> the uh, one character at some point climbs onto the ceiling and lets go. Is that what happened? I, somebody falls from the top of that room and hits the ground. No, that's the same. That's the same woman. Okay. With the kid. Okay. But if you want to talk about that, which means you must have missed like. Did you fall asleep for a few minutes? Because no. the lead up to her falling and dying was several minutes. No, later. I know. I I just don't remember how we got there. What I vividly remember is her fall. Remember, she, she was chasing her son throughout uh, right, the bowels of right. the ship. Right. Okay. That's right. That's right. Which of all the torments confused me the most because it's like, lady, your son isn't on right. the ship, and you're chasing him all around the ship until he leads you to. The open pit, which, okay, let's talk about the open pit for a second, above the gate. Um, she gets a flash of the future. She sees herself falling to her death, and then still runs out across the thing and correct. falls to her death, like, eight You're seconds correct, later. Sir. There were so many things wrong with that. I'm like, like, other ones, like, like, because, like, Captain Miller, right? The burning man, like, he sees him earlier and doesn't immediately identify him for what it was. Like his, like the moment right. from his past, but he feels the sensation of heat in the mm -hmm. room. So I can understand his confusion and fear. Lady, your your son isn't on the ship, right? <laughs> why why are you chasing him? Maybe he is. You don't know what's going yeah, on in Hell's not. Orb. Maybe it's a gateway. Fair. Home. Well, because like 
The first, the first, because she's the first one whose hallucination we see. I think right? so. When she's in the med lab with Ms., with Mister Justin. And, well, no, don't we see? Um, don't we see Sam Neill's hallucination first when his wife's in the when he's crawling through the? I don't know where he is. He's in some what looks to be a ventilation shaft, and she's like there for a split second. But that later, I think that was of the. It's either later or the two scenes were cutting okay, back and forth. Gotcha. It's but. Like, it wasn't significantly before gotcha. if it was before. Like, it was, like, basically at the same time. Uh, but I thought it was a few minutes later. Um, but anyway, um, she's... When she's in the med lab and she walks over and she sees the, the kid. Which, actually, that was one of the, the few things that actually really did. I was just like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? What is under that thing? It's going to do something terrible to her, right? <laughs> Come play with us forever gonna... and ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, like... I totally understood her fear and her want to know what was under there. And then once you yeah. see it's your son, it's obviously your son's not there. Like, how would he have gotten yeah. there? You, you, pull the, you pull the curtain. <laughs> ah, you got me. You got me, ghost ship. <laughs> Where are you at, space ghost? <laughs> space ghost. Um, remember Space Ghost Coast to Coast? Did you ever watch kind that? Of. That was pretty silly. <laughs> Oh man, um, the one character whose name escapes me—he's basically the young kid from the Matrix, but instead he's the young kid in Event Horizon, and his head <laughs> is like exploding when he's in that in that airlock. That's depressurizing. Yeah, that was. Oh yeah, I was right. That's Mister Justin. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was unsettling, and uh, especially when he's curled into a ball, bleeding as he's. <laughs> slowly floating out <laughs> yeah you know what i was a little confused by all that see the thing is from my very little knowledge of astrophysics um and i'm not saying like it's like quote-unquote true but the whole pornographic description of the like their faster than light travel thing is rooted in math and science that the physicists are theorizing mm-hmm. right like it, it was like based in not fact, but let's call it realistic sure. theory, right? Um, I don't feel the same way about what happens when someone goes into outer space. Was <laughs> <laughs> really confused about yeah. that. <laughs> you, def- you would definitely hear the screams. Oh my god, it's <laughs> happening! <laughs> oh my god. And then his eyes exploded? Yeah. Like I, I'm pretty sure that's not no, how that no. works. Now, you want to tell me the capillaries burst in your eyes and like your eyes don't work? Sure, fine. Pretty sure they yeah, don't explode yeah. though. <laughs> the blood was a very specific tint of paint. Red. Like it was not. Like it was so clearly yes. paint. Like <laughs> did you, I, I did they? I guess they didn't have blood color yet in '97. That was I guess so. Um, well, it was the thing is it wasn't real blood like well when I, when I say real i mean like it was cgi blood or at least in the like that scene where it's like streaming out of his eyes into mm-hmm. his space um i found the whole fluid dynamics thing floating in space to be pretty yeah. hysterical between the coolant between the blood like those are some of the things i was yeah. laughing at him screaming oh my god it's <laughs> happening as his as his blood vessels in his forearm start popping right. out and i'm like I'm busted out yeah, he, laughing as he's what's his name's like 
basically singing him a lullaby like it's gonna be okay just curl up and close your eyes and take a deep breath or blow your air out and you're, you're gonna be fine meanwhile his eyeballs are literally bursting out of his sockets and i'm like i think we're not on the same page here. <laughs> <laughs> can you stop screaming over my instructions i'm trying to help you <laughs> <laughs> oh man you know who was a who was a gem is cooper just a just a just a real fun guy the whole time. <laughs> well, he he was the one whose whose line I stole for the intro. <laughs> what was it again? Uh, I'm I'm coming I'm coming back, yeah, motherfuckers, yeah, or yeah. something like that. Or I'm, isn't it here? Oh, here, here is I it come, his character? Somebody at some point very early on in the movie it basically goes, "Why don't we just leave?" <laughs> and they are 100 percent right. Um, that again. I'm waiting for somebody to make that movie, right? Where they really set out this absurd premise and we do the realistic thing of we don't go in the haunted house and and everybody's fine and the yeah. movie's over and it's like 15 minutes and they just have the balls to release <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> I would, standing ovation for me at least. That <laughs> Like you did it. You can only do it once. Only one person is going to be allowed to do this, right? You, you won't be able to pull this, this trick off more than once. It's basically P.T. Barnum's, like, this way to the universe. <laughs> oh, man. I... The, so the thing, I was say, the, the thing that I found to be odd with, like, all of, like, uh, <laughs> all of that was just, there were so many times where it's like, okay, let's not do this, let's not do that, and that's a classic horror movie mm-hmm. trope, right? Where it's like, they're gonna do the dumb thing now, and it's like, but it, it went above just, like, we should leave the ship, stuff like that. Because, I mean, like, there are real justifiable, like, hey, we have yeah. a mission. Hey, we cost how many, like, billions of credits or dollars or whatever to get here. You know what I mean? We traveled 56 days, all those sort of, like... So from that perspective, it's grounded in, like, yeah, you, know, you have to make a good faith effort to do the job and this and that. And, well, we found blood splattered everywhere. Take precautions, but something clearly went pretty wrong here. This is also super important to someone. They sent the specialist up here. He's the guy who designed the ship. We can understand the investment they made in the ship, all that sort of stuff, right? But I wanted to scream when... Because, like, the captain seemed to do, overall, like, a halfway decent job of, like, crisis management, if nothing else. Like, up until the point where, let's call them demons, started fucking everyone's brain up, right? Um, Because there's not much... No amount of crisis management can really save you from that, right? Oh. Oh. Uh, sorry, quick question on this. Um, not that I really want to get too deep into what actually happened here, but <laughs> I... Also, I think it's adorable that you think I have the answers. Because yeah, okay. So, <laughs> so multiple characters, right? They kind of... They basically kill themselves because they're driven crazy, right? The demons get in their heads. They do a thing. Uh, then Sam Neill is nuts, right? And he's he's terrorizing people physically. But then he's gone, right? He gets, like, blown up or something or pushed out, and then a manifestation of him returns and is still physically affecting them? Yes. Okay. Just want to make sure. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> um, I, I have got. nothing to add other than that I read that about the same year. Okay, cool. Yes. cool. So makes sense. But let's go. Let's go enough. Back. Makes sense enough. Makes zero sense. But at this point, it's like sunk costs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, and that was remember we talked earlier about devs when you can explain a plot thing or you can explain something that gives you insight into characterization mm-hmm. or world building or whatever, right? 
Or something that does both. Him standing there, but you died. Yes, but the ship brought me back. Right. I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the point I was getting to when I was saying people doing stupid things that make me want to people yell helping the people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what drove me nuts is, is like, like, have you ever seen a movie before? And I'm talking about like in world people here, not the script. People in the world on the screen. We can't leave. We can't leave. You know, oh my gosh, I'm going to fight this person over like us leaving or staying. We're going to figure this out. You know, I have no, I have to know, blah, 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 blah. We're leaving. And then turns his back on the person when he's alone with him mm-hmm. in the room and walks off in a huff. And it's like, you do realize he's going to literally or metaphorically stab you in the back now. Like the first thing, like he's like, you take the wounded guy. No, no. All of you tie his ass up. Put him in the airlock. If he doesn't comply, he's out of the ship, and he's a sunk cost. And if he does comply, we tie him up, and then we handcuff him and stick him in that stasis pod for the flight back. Why are we letting him wander around the ship on his own? That's right. Because they haven't... Colossally. Because there's no movies in the future. (laughs) And the historical documents have long since been destroyed. (laughs) Show us the historical documents. Computer. Show us the historical documents. <laughs> That's really annoying. I have one job on this ship. <laughs> oh man, Galaxy Quest, such a treat. Uh, um, I was gonna say, let's get in. Can we? Can we get into so some of the campiness of Sam Neil post eyes torn out? Sure. Just give me some of your general impressions on the le- the lengths and levels to which he decided to go. The- this is why I said I'm not convinced that he didn't actually tear his eyes out. Like he, like a, that's how deep in it he was. They do a they do a segment on Hollywood Babylon about um, acting that's so bad that it's good. Like it comes all the way back around to being good, and I'm pretty sure they've used this as a clip of that. Now, Did I, they really? I don't. I'm, I'm like like kid like you know kidding. They they actually may have, but like this like this is the type of scene that they'll do it where they'll they'll take like one ridiculous line delivery that's just like so over the top and goes intense, and then like and then like at the end they just go wow, <laughs> and that's basically what what his entire performance is after his eyes are are lost. Um, does he have, <laughs> like I know he, like he, we we've mentioned he spends like seven hundred hours in makeup daily. To get prepared for those scenes, uh, but the, the I mean the scars are like the lacerations. They're they're all in different spots in every scene, right? Like we, <laughs> I, are they really? I don't know. <laughs> I just got the distinct impression watching it that they were not always in the same spot. There was something about it that caught my eye enough that I was like, "That's something's something's different." <laughs> so, also, do they use the same? We have no junk suit for him. When he's standing there naked, as they use for Alan Rickman and Dogma. Oh, maybe, oh, maybe the Ken doll. <laughs> Super awkward, yeah. either way. Yeah, where do you, where, where do you buy um, this Ken doll suit? <laughs> yeah. Um, also, and I was a little bit tired when this was going on, but did he blatantly rip off the line from "Is it Back to the Future"? Wasn't that where where we're where we're going? We won't need maps or something like that. Wasn't that yeah, where we're going? We don't need roads. We won't need roads. Yeah. yeah. Oh, roads, roads. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Sorry. And he says that doesn't doesn't Sam Neil say that where we're going? We won't need I, eyes or yes. something like that. 
Yes. He says that when he's sitting he in the captain's chair, does. right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. This movie. It's too much. Oh. I was also confused though because like when he tore like you what you you made it a simple like one two thing like a before and after of him dying and him coming back and being able to affect the manifest thing like mm-hmm. special powers stuff like that. There's a middle section though post eyes pre death where he turns into the Terminator. I can you please draw this timeline with those being the indicators post eyes pre death. <laughs> <laughs> That middle third of that whole of that yeah. whole timeline, when there was like such the cliche where he tells uh, well, I forget was it DJ DJ was Jason Isaac's character. Um, he says to, to yes, DJ, yes. oh like be careful like what what's his name? I, it's weird that I can't remember the, the doctor's name. Probably because weird because yep. they, they just called yeah. him Doctor for a long time. Doctor Weir is coming for him. He goes yo be careful. He goes oh don't worry about Doctor Weir. Which when he almost cut off the head of his own friend with the scalpel at one point like i was like you know what if there's anyone here who i do think has got a chance it's him because he's like a cold-blooded motherfucker right and but they you know it's setting up the movie trope of he's not gonna have a chance to show off that he's a badass because someone's gonna sneak up and he turns around he's immediately Mm -hmm. there right and he just grabs him by the throat with one hand and just starts manhandling him and i'm like sam neil's not that dude like this isn't Arnold Schwarzenegger no. here. This is could could have been Sam Neill. Like they've could've. shown him shirtless multiple times. <laughs> been. They've shown him shirtless multiple times in this show. He's not super fit no. or strong no. looking. But when he did grab him, he went dun 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 dun. <laughs> there was oh, that just and reminded me of one of the like most surreal, like funny, like stupid little things. There's a scene in the. First season, I think it was the first season, maybe it was the second season, of Sensate, where Duna Bay, who's, uh, she was in Cloud Atlas, she's, she plays um, Una 919, mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever, the, I always forget which number is which. Um, no, sorry, not Una, uh, Sonmi. Okay. Uh, she plays Sonmi. Um, she's one of the main characters in it. There's a whole thing with her and her brother, I won't say it, because I do think you and mm-hmm. Kim should watch that it's show. It's on all this. Um, yeah, and yeah, we're again as we said. It was in the time of Corona, we all have a little bit more time to watch stuff, except for me somehow. Um, but uh, she's she's her and her brother are have irreconcilable differences, and she goes to chase him down at one point, and she's a trained martial arts fighter, and she's chasing him through a parking garage. I was like, they're doing some Terminator shit with what she's going through to chase him down on foot. Now, she doesn't have, like, any superpowers. Like, she's mm-hmm. just a person. And about ten seconds later, he's, I think he's in his car at this point, and he's driving away, and he looks in the rearview mirror, and she's still chasing him on foot, and he goes, oh my god, my sister's the Terminator. And I was like, oh! Oh god! <laughs> awesome. I was like, man, talk about yeah. fourth wall break there. Like, that was some weird, like... <laughs> but, yeah... I don't understand how Sam Neill became the Terminator pre-death post mm-hmm. eyes um, as he's running around like setting booby traps on the Lewis and Clark. He just tossed him around like a fucking rag doll and then did some performance art with his body unlike anything I've seen outside of the show Hannibal. Um, do you think then- he used a raptor claw to do that? <sighs> and- <laughs> Here. <laughs> Slice. Here. 
Uh, maybe across the <laughs> belly to spill the intestines. <laughs> I was just really confused as to where he got those, like, superpowers from. Because, like you said, hell, later hell. on... He got them the from hell. <laughs> devil and the demon... Well, is that what it is? He embraced his lord and savior, Lucifer mm. the devil, and was imbued with powers? Is that... Because, like, at that point, he, like, not just, like, given in, had fully, like... It's like... Like, because that's post the line of... But I am home as he slinks away yeah. into the shadow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that it just it was convenient at that point to have super strength. To yeah, because he does some like wild things that he shouldn't mm-hmm. be able to do. He does. He does. This entire movie is a wild thing that shouldn't be done. <laughs> Good point. Um, that being said. Despite it being an absolute boondoggle that made less than half of what it cost to make the movie, I'm kind of glad they did. I mean, it w- I I am I am having a lot of fun because of it. I will. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's a terrible movie, but I had fun <laughs> laughing at some of the ridiculousness. Yeah. yeah. Um, like you said, Cooper was just funny as the comic mm-hmm. relief, like just him freaking out. Actually, he reminded me a little just between like. The outbursts and stuff like that. He reminds me a little bit of um, JB Smoove. On oh Kirby yeah, I can I can see as, that as Leon. I can absolutely see that. There was some there del- were some similarities delivery. to the performance yep, and delivery. Yep, yep. Yeah, the delivery was very similar. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so silly. I also love that he stole the Matt Damon. Uh, well, not the other way around. I guess Matt Damon stole the move uh, for the Martian when he's like, "Let me just blow the oxygen out of my suit and become yeah. Iron Man." <laughs> Yep, I could I could have used more more screen time for Cooper. Well, yeah, because at certain po- at one point he's just gone. I mean, fixing like, the oh shit yeah, there's another actor in here. <laughs> well, the same thing happened. I, I well, the thing is, at least like, well, there was that going on, and then when everything goes to shit, like it's like, oh, it felt like at that point when the ship got blown up, it's like they didn't decide at that moment whether or not Cooper was still alive. They're like, we'll just yeah, right that later. Right. And that's like, is he hurtling through space on the piece of a ship? Sure, why not? Let's have him come back to the action. That would be, he, but, as he's floating, floating, floating through space, the rescue ship that comes to meet them at the end catches him and brings him back to the ship, and he freaks out, and he becomes the new Sam Neill. Not the new Dr. Weir. The new Sam Neill. <laughs> wait, wait, with or without eyes? Yes. Uh, both of us? <laughs> Um, the, the other thing though, I'll have to say is, um, I, at one point I thought they actually did forget about, uh, Lieutenant Stark mm. cause she also disappears. disappeared and it was during this Di- the disappears. I said, yeah, yeah, there was, there was during the period of time where a bunch of people get killed off. A couple of people, you know, kind of go missing, but it's like, we know that we're supposed, they never make any mention. They don't show her being tortured like mm-hmm. emotionally, like psych- psychically, whatever. They don't show her have a physical altercation. She's just not there for a whole segment during, like, the peak <laughs> tension of the movie. And I'm like, are we just going to not deal with her? And then she's just passed out on the floor. Oh, right. like, oh, that's okay, how we're going to reconcile that's, this. That's how we're going to do this. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, it's, uh, they had ten, they had ten months. <laughs> that, that's all I'll say. To go from, like, kernel of idea, I'm so assuming, it seems like. <laughs> to completed movie. Um, what did you think about the ending? Uh, 
that what's there to think about that I, <laughs> the door closes and you're like uh? well specifically specifically it was the oh god we didn't escape no it was a dream fake out no you didn't escape thing. oh oh <laughs> uh I don't know. It was just—it was just ridiculous. I, it could have—it should have just ended. <laughs> it didn't even have to go there. It's true. It could have just ended with the dream thing, you know. And maybe you fade to black, and then you hear like the intake yeah. of breath, and it's deciding whether it's real or not. Then, as opposed to the, you know, guys, we're fine. It's safe. Which like so oh, hand-handed, yeah. right? No, 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 we're safe. We're safe. They can't hurt us anymore as the oh, doors yeah. are closing. And it's like, yeah. come yeah. on, man. <laughs> oh, but are you? And uh, <laughs> you get you get Sam Neill walks through the door and goes, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and we really, we really just like start to link all of these universes together. <laughs> there was this, there was this, fuck, I don't remember which movie it was now. There was one of those, you remember when like those big like, shitty parody movies like had like a uh, resurgence in like the early 2000s like basically like from like 2000 to like 2010 when like the scary uh-huh. movies and like all those types of yeah, things yeah. came out there there was one of them that came out and i don't remember what it's called now it's pissing me off dominic liked that movie he was also kind of the age when that it would have been like a thing he was into he was probably like you know 11 12 uh-huh. years old and it was making fun of a lot of, like, the big action movies at the time. Like, some of the superhero movies and stuff like that. So, I remember X-Men uh-huh. played into it. But three, 300 was a big... Yes. Yes. What was that? At least, I think I think that's... I think that's the one that I was talking... I was thinking about. Um, but the one of the things was... I'm gonna looking up parody um, movies while you... The, <laughs> it was at the same time as the Willy Wonka movie. Like, that came out, like, the one with Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah, Charlie yeah. Charlie the Chocolate okay. Factory. And they do a segment with that. And the... But, like, they're not kids. They were, like, adults that show up at the thing or whatever. And they're like... it tur- there's, The whole thing is super weird. And they're like, we're just gonna leave now. And he goes, oh, no, I'm afraid you can't do that. You see, you're mine now. And it's super creepy the way he says it. <laughs> and Dominic will do that every once in a while. Because for whatever reason, that line is stuck <laughs> with him. And, like... That was all I could hear when, like, she's like, you know, we have to go. And he takes it off and he goes, yeah, no, no, you're you're mine now. Or you or you belong to us or something like that. Whatever it was the line he said, all I could picture was that stupid yes. line. <laughs> no, you see, you're mine now. <laughs> was it? What does he say? You, you belong to the yeah, ship Yeah, I think or that's what it like is. That? Is it um, Meet the Spartans? It or might have epic been movie. One, yeah. No, epic I think movie, it might have right? been that one. Sorry. That's... Uh, they, they both came out around yeah. the same time, and I think that's why I was blurring them together. I'm, I'm trying to look at some clips here. I vaguely... Because I saw... Yeah, I vaguely remember Epic Movie. There's definitely... On the cover of it, there is, uh, there's a Jack Sparrow type. There's a uh, Willy Wonka type. There's a Borat type. Yeah, no, that's that's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Oh, my God. The other one came out at, like, the I think the it's, same like, the year after. Though. But still. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That that's that's funny. Isn't it? It's funny, like the the weird things from bad movies that like maybe nobody else saw that <laughs> that stick with you, like a line like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so that was the thing is, I saw part of that movie. Um, 
so that's why like I remembered it too because he watched it a bunch of different mm-hmm. times. The other one, I I don't think I saw. Like I probably saw two seconds of the other movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> this movie, I I do I. While this movie is terrible, I am all for more of these '90s movies going forward. <laughs> these objectively mm-hmm. bad movies, hundred <laughs> percent. More, more so for the deep dive on the trivia section of IMDb because there were some gems in there. I'm, I'm <laughs> I think that's it's probably going to be a reoccurring uh, portion of our show. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's it's similar to something that they do on. Um... On Cinephobe, oh. you mentioned they, 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 they'll do some stuff like that. Oh my that. god. The I gotta hang on one second. I watched a YouTube video about this uh, because it had, it's been two weeks since I've seen it. So I was like, I wanted to freshen up on some of the parts of it, which turned out to be unnecessary. But there was a comment on the video that made me, I wanted to save and I forgot to. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Um, oh no. Oh no. It's not here. One of the comments, one of the best movie of its kind. Great movie. Um, this not this was it, this it was, was about, about Event Horizon? Horizon. It was specifically about somebody that uh, took a girl to it on their first date. Oh, here it is. Here. It oh is. no! It's this one. One second. Hello, the comments. Yes. Okay, here it is. Loco TX. Yeah, took a girl on a first date to see this movie, thinking it was going to be a cool sci-fi flick. Dot dot dot. Never saw her again. That's <laughs> 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 oh, so good. That poor guy. Oh man, <laughs> I uh, more just more more of this ridiculousness. Just more of it. After you said Wild Wild West last week, I, that's all. That's all that's been on my mind. So we're are we gonna I have to do that? Go, that's, too? I mean, it's definitely gonna go on the short list. Okay, we're gonna have you. Are we gonna want to hash out the list now before we get off the show because we got Interstellar. Queued yeah, up Interstellar too. is up there. The uh, the obviously Wild Wild West. Uh, another. I I still want to do. I think it was called Interview, the movie that I pointed out last week that I came across where Hugo Weaving's the leading man. Uh, we're gonna have to see. We're gonna have to watch that one. Oh yeah, I forgot. Um, there's three. End, End of, of days, days. There's four. What else we got? What else? What other gems? Wait, that was only I think four. So. We had uh, Interstellar, End of Days, Wild Wild West. I think it's called Interview, but I'm not certain. Okay, yeah. Interrogate. I don't remember what it's called. I'll find it though. I'll find it and send it to you. Uh, it's on Netflix. Um, but that's four. I mean, that's a, that's a whole month's worth of content. So yeah. So these are some. Okay, so this is this is your homework, listeners. <laughs> these are, these are the ones that we're going to be talking about relatively soon. <laughs> so. Not sure. Not right. sure the order yet. Just be prepared. Um, I there. I had one Hit final me. note. It was the only note that I actually took down while <laughs> watching this movie, and technically, it was before the movie even started. I don't even remember now what it was. I can't even reproduce the sound. <laughs> but the intro thing with Paramount. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my god, this is the exact same intro I remember, um, seeing a million times on the Indiana Jones movies from my childhood. It was the exact same intro. It is because it was the, the whichever the VHS like, yeah. that came out in the nineties, yeah. probably of Indiana Jones. I was like, oh my god, this is the exact same thing. Just like such a blast mm-hmm. from the past, like remembering the, watching all the those stars swooping in times. and doing the circle. And then yeah, the, but it was the oh, music yeah, that played the, over the it while it was doing was, it. Yeah, it's very iconic of that time. <laughs> I do love that. Uh, 
it's really it's it's the sounds lately that have been really bringing me back to the time when I watched these movies. Like I said last week, watching The Rocketeer, as soon as the as soon as the music started, I was like, oh my god, I remember exactly what's next. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just snapped back into it. But um, ah, uh, yeah, we'll have some gems. I've uh, oh, should we do Battlefield Earth? <laughs> oh God, no! I can't. Maybe I can't for a bad do movie it night. because that was a really. That was a really long episode of Cinephobe, and it wasn't that long. Oh, they did it on there. And it was, yeah, it was so Mm. painful. The thing is, I realized how much of that movie I forgot. I saw it once when it came out, or maybe it was like a year Mm -hmm. after it came out. I realized I don't remember, like, well, two things. I remember, oh, I, from listening to the show, the movie is way longer than I thought it was. Like, I just don't recall Mm -hmm. how long it was. So I realized I forgot so much about with that movie. I remember like 10 I don't remember talked about. anything about it. I have zero I could not even guess as to what is even going on in the movie. That's how long it's been. Well, the thing is even after listening to them talk about it on the show, I'm not entirely sure I could tell you what it was about. Oh, hang on. I don't know. This just snapped into my memory probably because of the time frame that we're talking about, but did we ever actually do an episode on Titan AE? All right, so no. that's on the list too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because we got end of days for you, we're gonna get uh, Titan yeah. AE for me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I was. I... Yeah, for, for like for like a year or two, when I was like nine, ten years old, that movie was. Uh, it was the shit. That was peak no, peak absolutely. childhood movie I, for me. Yeah, that I I had I had a face with that movie too. That's yeah. Did you? Definitely. I've seen it way too many times. Uh, <laughs> and I'm pre- speaking of a movie that has way too good of a cast, <laughs> and, and I'm prepared to see it again. Um, well, I mean, it's fairly yeah, short well, movie. You know, it's, it was made for us at the time, which, like, your attention span was not the best. It was there, but it was not the best. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man, I'm excited. We got it. We have that's we have quite the list. Actually, you know what's interesting about Titan AE? Bill Pullman plays mm. a bad guy. <laughs> Does that ever <laughs> Never is the answer. Titan AE after Earth <laughs> is when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow you know what <laughs> oh man that's it that's it for this week's episode of flicks in the six we hope you enjoyed it as always if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss you can send those requests to flicks in the six at spintune.com or tweet us at the spintune tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness until then i'm anthony costanzo i'm al bielsi thanks for coming out <laughs>